This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station, 105.5 FM, WNSP, and on the Sound of Mobile app. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Hine, Lee Shervanian, and Michael Brauner. The opening kickoff. Here are Mark, Lee, and Michael. All right, 6.05 here on a Friday edition. Oh, welcome in. The Dr. Christopher Monix High School Game Day has me and Lee on the road. We're in Air Sports 1. We're on the campus of St. Michael Catholic High School, where we'll be for the next three hours right here on the sports station WNSP and WNSP.com as we uh, prepare you for the week or the weekend of football. Good morning, Mr. Sherman. Good morning, Mr. Heim. Good morning to our listeners. Uh, tonight, uh, the same... Michaels hosting McGill Tulin. Second time the two schools have met. They'll be at Fairhope Municipal Stadium. So we'll be previewing that. We anticipate Philip Rivers, the head coach for St. Michaels, to spend some time with us in the 8 o'clock hour with his son, the uh, freshman quarterback. Some of the highlights coming up on today's show. Uh, in the headlines, a number of boxes checked. Let's start out with golf, the Ryder Cup. It's going to get a lot of attention this week, but the USA off to a very poor start in, I guess it's in Rome, uh, Italy, uh, where the competition is the uh, European team swept us this morning, winning all four matches. And when John Ricchetti comes on at 8 o'clock, I'm sure he can update his thoughts on this. But one of the uh, interesting moves by Zach Johnson, the golf coach, was not to include in this morning's competition uh, Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas because in international play they are 8-2 and two combined. But they did not play this morning. Hopefully they'll play this afternoon, but it didn't go well this morning. Sounds like Coach is already on the hot seat. You know what we need? We need LeBron to step up and put together a redeem team, it looks like. Already down 4 nothing, But that's all right. We're Americans, man. We love a good comeback story. Fear not. That would be a great comeback story. <laughs> uh, no comeback for the Packers. An embarrassing loss for them at Lambeau. Down 27-3 to at the half. The Lions actually scored more points in the first half than the Packers gained yardage. David Montgomery, when he carried the ball for the Bears, never, never left the uh, stadium with a win over the Packers. Last night, he had 32 carries, over 130 yards, three touchdowns. Lions just demolished the uh, Chicago Bears. High school football in a nationally televised game on ESPN2. Clay Chalkville defeated Thomasville. Uh, Thompson, I'm sorry, Thompson, uh, 36-33. Uh, that top-rated Thompson, their first loss this year. Very exciting finish uh, to that game. Some baseball notes before we get into more football talk in the uh, SEC and, and the games that we're going to be carrying this weekend. Uh, the Braves won last night. They swept the Cubs. As a result, they secure home field advantage if they make it through the World Series. They have home field advantage throughout. And Matt Olson, with a home run in the first inning, broke the franchise record of RBIs in a season held by Eddie Matthews, uh, also with a two-run home run. Uh, another story, the Baltimore Orioles clinching the first AL East title since 2014. Two years ago, they lost 110 games. Yesterday, their 100th win clinches, and uh, they win the AL East. A couple of stories out of Philadelphia baseball-wise, Mark, I found interesting. One yesterday, Bryce Harper got really upset. The umpire, Angel Hernandez, who's had a history of upsetting players. I think he's your favorite official, by the way. Oh, of he's all the only time. one I know. In, in every sport, right. he's, he's the, the only guy. one I know. Uh, as far as an umpire, I couldn't tell you another name of an umpire. Anyway, he called Bryce Harper out on a check swing. Harper got really upset, 
and flung his helmet into the stands. So some lucky fan wound up with Bryce Harper's helmet. Harper obviously got ejected. But the story that really called my attention Wednesday night, guy by the name of Joey Henney, I think that's how you say his first name. I could be wrong on that. Uh, he was walking to the ballpark with his special need animal named Wally. They would not let him enter the ballpark. The reason, Wally is a five-foot alligator. The guy tried to get into the stadium with an alligator. He was told to leave and not come around there. And the, the Phillies, the way it's set up, you can get into the stadium if you have a special needs dog. If you have a special needs dog, that's okay. Alligators are not on the list, Mark. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I give him an A for creativity and trying. I wonder if he's going to put a curse on the uh, Phillies. If you remember the old curses back in 45 when some guy for the Cubs brought his billy goat to the stadium and they ejected him and he said the Cubs will never win a World Series and, and of course that was finally uh, they finally came to fruition with the World Series a couple of years ago but he put a curse on him and there's been other so-called curses if you believe in that kind of stuff but I don't know if this guy did you know but I mean that's ridiculous to try to get into a stadium with an alligator well we talk about Kelsey and his Instagram followers going off Wally certainly went viral as well I mean Wally's got now um more than 26,000 followers on Instagram. So, <laughs> a man. special needs alligator. Yeah. What kind of special need is that? Hey, uh, feel good story. Yesterday, or maybe this week, two guys went bowling together. Travis Hunter. Sounds like a joke, but okay. No, it's not. Uh, Did you hear Travis, about the two guys that went bowling together? Travis okay. Hunter and Henry Blackburn. If you remember, Blackburn was the guy that put Hunter out of commission right. and uh, sent him to the sidelines with a lacerated kidney. So they were spotted together. Uh, apparently, they're on pretty good terms, and they went bowling together. I thought that was kind of a, a nice feel-good story to get it going for the weekend. All right. Well, I mean, if if I'm Dion and Travis Hunter's healthy enough to go bowling, maybe, maybe he can come practice. Hey, Dion held a – well, he holds press conferences almost every day, and he seems to be very available. And with all this – you know how in this – the United, well, anywhere, celebrity status. Everybody is really enamored with celebrities. Taylor Swift now getting a lot of attention if she goes to the uh, Jets game. So Dion was asked, is there a celebrity out there who gives him the wow factor? Want to take a guess who it is? Nick Saban. No. Oh. But you're but you're in the right you're in the right category as far as coaches. Uh... There's a coach out there that. Gives is the wow factor for Deion Sanders. It's not a movie star. It's not a singer. There is a, you know, and, and as you know, at his games, they line up celebrities on the sideline. But this this one kind of took me by surprise. I don't know. Andy Reid of the Chiefs. Really? That's his buddy. Huh. Corresponds with him, gets information from him, and he says, that's my guy. I did not see that one coming. I'm, it's a good thing. That could have been a trivia question, I think, man. That, that one would have kept him guessing for a while. Maybe next week. Okay. How about that? Maybe All right. Next well, week. it'll be timely, that's for sure. So we got a lot of uh, football coming up tomorrow. We got like three SEC games. We got two on WNSP, Florida, Kentucky, and then LSU, Ole Miss. We've got Alabama and Mississippi State. Game starts at eight o'clock, five o'clock with the uh, pregame show, and then of course we have the Saints on Sunday, as well as that exciting uh, Sunday night game between Kansas City and the Jets. And there was a story out today that because of the possibility, they're not confirming it. 
that Taylor Swift may be there, the ticket prices are increasing. Now, can you believe that? She's not going to be singing. It's not like she's putting a concert on. You don't get it, Lee. The Swifties are out in force. <laughs> Swifties. <laughs> so you're going to pay extra money because she might be in some suite that you can't yes. see? Yes, and people may see her going down the elevator or getting in the car with Kelsey after. Yes, it's a, it's a, it's a social phenomenon. Absolutely. Apparently, she and Patrick Mahomes' wife hit it off. They they did some shots together. I mean, like, this is one big happy family. Well, again, uh, Chiefs Nation. They're, yeah, they're not confirming that she's going to be there, but there is that possibility now. And and the ticket prices are going up about 20% for this game. To go see Zach Wilson at quarterback for the Jets? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't think people are going to see Zach. They have no choice, Mark. It's a home game for the Jets. You, you wouldn't pay extra to see Taylor Swift? Just oh, gosh, if, you, no. if you knew you could see her? She, she could be across the street, and I probably wouldn't stop. Ooh. So anyway. you got high standards, I was, man. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'd go see Nick before I'd go see Taylor Swift. Wow. What singer, what singer? Oh, Bruce Springsteen. Springsteen. All yeah. right, so if, if Bruce Springsteen were at the game, you'd pay 20% increase? Oh, heck no. No? no. What if he were performing? You mean just to go see? I wouldn't go to a football game to see somebody perform, but I'd go see somebody perform without a football game. Right, but if you're only if you had to go see like the two worst teams in the history of the world, Ugh. who would that be? Talking uh, about college or pro? Doesn't matter. Who's the, who's the what was the worst? What if you had to go see the Jets? It's the Jets, man. That's your team. No, they're not. Back in the day, it was. They were back in All the right. day. Saints. So you wouldn't go watch a Jets game knowing that Bruce Springsteen was the halftime entertainment? Oh, I think you would. Absolutely not. No, not to go see that. No, I wouldn't go. No. Not only I'm not, not only would you go, you pay up double. The, I'm not parking, putting up with the crowds and things like that. New Jersey traffic. No, thank you. What if the game was played at Lad? <laughs> well, then I get to sit in the press box then, right? right sure. Maybe. Yeah. Hey, uh, I, I found there was a lot of stories about Nick Saban out yesterday, but this one I found kind of intriguing. So he's weighed in now on Dan Lanning. Yeah. And now th this one got me, too. Like, Nick, why are you even don't, – don't even go there. So this had to do with Lanning's pregame, you know, wins are more important than clicks, and, you know, we're out there to win – and so Nick said, I guess it was on McAfee show, yep. is that what it was? Said uh, basically that Lanning uh, shouldn't have said that before the game, but maybe use that for a Monday press conference. And I'm like, Nick, what are you getting involved for? What, what, what difference does it make? Well, he was specifically asked about these coaches that use this external motivation and relay that to his team. So Lanning was, was cited. The whole um, Ryan Day thing was cited. Uh, Lee Corso getting bashed was cited, and he he it really started talking about access in the media having access and what's on uh, what's available and what's not. And so to his point, he was talking about how things really, as much as he understands why the media wants access and the fans want to know what's going on, there's some there's some moments during the week, including in the locker room, that needs to be just for the team. And so he said he understood what Lanning was trying to tell his team. He said he may have not have wanted that out like it came out, but he certainly understood what he was trying to convey to his team. And so it was kind of part of a bigger story there. And, I mean, I thought it was a pretty well-thought-out answer by, by Saban. Through, I mean, the short of it is, some things are meant for the locker room, and okay. they need to stay in the locker room. And while people want that access, and he understands why, sometimes um, 
I didn't see what was wrong with Lanning's speech before the game. I thought it was pretty good. I, I thought it was a pretty good uh, take on it. I, I didn't see a problem with it at all. And it sounded to me now, again, I you know differ from other people, it just sounded better as a pregame than a postgame. Yeah. No, uh, he and, and I think Saban even alluded to he he told those guys what they needed to hear. Uh, and so the, the more complicated uh, and, and longer version of that is he talks to Saban, talks to uh, psychologists and uh, all sorts of guys throughout the course of two or three times a week talking about human nature and what kind of message to give to his players and how to deliver those messages. And he's constantly working on that part of being a coach, which is just sounds incredibly uh, <laughs> we, tiresome. We got a lot. We got the uh, we named the Namens uh, name it today. Uh, we've got Chick Fil A, and we're also coming up early today in our show. Awesome picks. Yeah, so we're gonna do our pigskin uh, Pete picks. We're gonna do them early today, so I need to get those. Uh, I need to get those in the app so you guys can study up. Uh, but uh, last, the leader in the clubhouse is Nighttime Bill has a six and one record. I don't know what that. Uh, I'm assuming that 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 means he he listens to the pigskin show. It could mean so many other things. Um, but last week our guy went five and two. The afternoon crew went five and two. Um, and then the PM crew went four and three. So Bill, nighttime Bill, still with the six and one record. A reminder: you you pick seven games, uh, straight up, four college, three NFL, and the winner will get two tickets to the SEC championship game in Atlanta, and then uh, the whichever show that he or she is representing will get a Chick Fil A platter or tray at the end of the year. Uh, a reminder, all you have to do is tie the best record to knock that person off. Not my rules, that's pigskins. So let's get you to scoreboard traffic and weather. We're out here at St. Michael Catholic High School. It's our Dr. Christopher Monix High School game day. Mark and Lee in Air Sports 1. You're listening to Sports Radio 105.5 FM, WNSP, and WNSP.com. Stay with us. Hey, this is Stuart Sink from the PGA Tour. You're listening to WNSP Sports Radio in Mobile. for hanging with us on this Friday edition. It's the Dr. Christopher Monix High School Game Day. Mark and Lee in Air Sports 1. We are on the campus of St. Michael Catholic High School. And we're brought to you in part by Green and Phillips Injury Law Firm, by the Orthopedic Group, also by Ward International Trucks, LNS Air Conditioning, Rich's Car Wash, and Greer's Markets. They're celebrating their 107th year in the greater Mobile area. We want to welcome the first-year principal, Andrea Williamson, to our show this morning. Good morning, Andrea. Good morning. Thank How you, are you for doing? having us. Great. We're so happy to be here. Simon Cortapassi was put together the show for us, uh, athletic director, uh, football coach. I, in fact, you wear so many hats here. Yeah, I've worn a few, worn a few. Now it's just uh, settled down just to, to co-athletic. No, no, no more baseball. No more baseball. No more baseball. <laughs> right. no, I had to, had to step back from that one. <laughs> Andrea, how'd you wind up here? And I don't mean traveling-wise, but how did you find out and how did you come about applying and, and getting uh, hired? Um, it was, so I was teaching at a Catholic high school in uh, Buford, South Carolina, outside of Hilton Head, and I was just looking to make a move, and they were advertising nationally for a principal, and I applied, and the archbishop seemed fit to bring me here. So Was here it tough are. leaving Hilton Head? 
Um, it was. It's bittersweet, but it was a good move for me. It was a good move for my family. So we've been enjoying the, the area, and we love the school, and we're excited to be here, and the Catholic community has just been welcoming us with open arms. That's amazing. So, like, at, let me ask you this. With this is your, You're just starting. I don't, do you have any kind of game plan down the road or any vision for St. Michael's? Well, we're working on that, and, um, you know, we're just really pumped to be here, and, you know, the the growth here at St. Michael has been phenomenal, and we're working to continue that growth. And you know, we're hoping to see 400 kids in our hallways next year. And what do you, what do you, what's the enrollment now? 355. All right, so you're just looking for 45 more. Just, just a few more. <laughs> well, you know, everybody I talk to, I, I tell them all the same thing. There's nothing but land and opportunity out here at St. Michael right. Catholic High School. That's right. We have 120 acres to to build and yeah. to grow and to expand. And so, you know, our first our first benchmark will be around 400 kids, and then we might need some more classrooms. <laughs> so, in 10 years, if if I'm still around, what am I going to be seeing when I, like a big community a big yes. conglomerate yes uh, when you come back in 10 years we'll have multiple buildings we'll have a music building we'll have all our athletic complex built out uh, our football stadium will be done our baseball and softball diamonds will be done we'll have that track going in there'll be the lee shrevanian signage yeah. right out front I mean, with a lighted sign yeah. that i can actually yes, see yes yes right that lighted sign <laughs> five o'clock in the morning yeah, you Simon, when's the, the stadium going to be ready yeah so so we actually announced uh shoot was it a week ago two weeks ago that that we're gonna we're gonna play uh this coming up august 24 so we we that's soon yeah, yes that's soon. So, we, so we're excited we just got the light poles up this week and and uh, and we'll we'll keep pushing on, and, and we'll be on we'll be on campus next year. Wait, wait, do you know who your first game is against yet? No, we won't know until the, the, the new region yeah, doesn't finalize until December after the Super Seven. Is St. Michael's going to change at all in the classification? No, it, with our numbers now, I, I don't see us for changing. I think we'll stay for it. Now you're going to stay through with us and talk football, right? When, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're going to stay with us. Yeah. Andrea, you're looking forward. Did you uh, attend many games in uh, South Carolina? I did, but they weren't quite uh, at the same level as. <laughs> here <laughs> it's it a little different down here it huh? does it yeah. does and, um, a colleague of mine that i work with uh here and that i've worked with in other places he was like so what did you think of your first uh, alabama football game and i said it was it was unique it was different now were you more clemson or south carolina uh neither i'm not from south carolina <laughs> so you know I'm from Ohio, so I'm more Ohio State. <laughs> oh, all right. So it's you guys against the world, right? Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's I mean, what I heard and this worse week. yet, I'm from Cleveland, so it's uh, Cleveland against the world. Right. <laughs> Well, we can't thank you enough for stopping by and, and spending some time with us. Congratulations. Thank we you wish you guys much. the best of luck. And uh, like we said, man, it, it's it's incredible out here, and it's well, only going to get better. When you come back next year, uh, instead of looking at some construction, we'll be looking at a beautiful stadium. So we're super excited to have you here on campus and uh, continue to see our growth. And, you know, we're looking we for great things. We usually come back in the spring. We'll be. Well, you'll see more construction. <laughs> Inside the pole for Matt Olson. Hey, it's 6:32. Thanks for hanging with us on this Friday edition. It's our Dr. Christopher Mullenix High School Game Day. Uh, there are a number of people that make this happen every week, specifically here at St. Michael as well. I want to thank Allstate agent Kenneth Morgan, always uh, 
always fun to uh, have Agent uh, Kenneth Morgan come out and say hi. David Morse over at QB Country, he clearly has a thing for high school football, and we certainly appreciate his support. The Mobile County Sheriff's Department, Coastal Alabama Community College, and, of course, the, Saint, the, the fine folks here at St. Michael Catholic High School. So remember, uh, folks, to uh, support the folks that support your kids. Defense coordinator, athletic director, former baseball coach, Simon Cortapassi, staying with us. You're a baseball guy. Do you know who uh, Olsen, uh, who br- with the RBIs, broke uh, the Braves record yesterday for RBIs? No, who was it? Eddie Matthews. Oh, wow. Do you remember him? With no. Hank Aaron? <laughs> but, no, no, that, that was, that was before my time, that. Lee. Right. Uh, but how about Acuna with the 40-70? With the That's crazy. What did crazy. you think about that? I, do you think, look, I, because I like the Braves, I like him. But I really think that kind of disrespected the game in the sense that it was still going on. The Cubs need victories. Couldn't you just wait till after the game to take the base off? Uh, I don't know. That's no. that's pretty big. You gotta you gotta take that while you See? can in the it's moment. That's that's a big base. moment. It's just a stolen base. <sighs> it's a milestone. We do it for you, you can't they do stop it for the game some, for a football exactly. after after you you know you've broken some completion re- record or, or yardage record. I mean, it's, and they it, do what? it in baseball all the time, right? Yeah. So yeah. you can't pick and choose when you do it. I'm for it. I think it was more him that did it though. It wasn't like the team. You know, he just decided to pick the base up yeah. and talk. Talk about stealing a base. <laughs> Simon, uh, I wanted to ask you, first of all, before we talk about the defense tonight, uh, this completes at least the home-and-home with McGill. Yep. Will this series continue? It is. It is. Uh, it is. In, in our minds, we yes, we will on our end. We want it to, and I think I think that's the same vision for McGill. Um, from everything that that we've heard, we we plan to continue this for you know the next fifty hundred years. Because as you said, we're going to have reclassification and. Yep. I assume, I don't know for a fact, I would assume McGill stays 6A, you're what, 3A? Uh, we're 4. Or 4A, okay. Yep. So it, it's not that big of a gap, and I don't, what's their enrollment over there? Uh, the last I heard, I think they were right at 900, maybe might, uh, maybe double, right below. Double um, what you have, yeah. Yeah, but, but you know, shoot, a, a 4A, 6A, non-region matchup, you know, in a week zero, or week five, it, it's good for us, um, especially with the with the community. Uh, the Catholic community is so strong. Um you know, I, I envision tonight probably being our our record crowd for us. I think this will be the biggest gate we've ever had. What does Fairhope hold? Do you know? Shoot, I think it's probably 4,500 to 5,500, somewhere all. in there. It, it, looks, it, it may, looks bigger to me than that cause because of the people that just stand around because, you know, you don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have seats in the that's, end zone. That's seating. I don't know. Right. You know, capacity, uh, It's it, there's a lot of area there. What's your stadium going to hold? So uh, we're going to have a fi- our finalized home side will be there. The visitor side will be, it'll be a temporary side. Um, so it's going to be about 2,600 to start. Um, and then down the road we'll come in and we'll we'll upgrade the visitor side, and that'll that'll add some seating. That, that's actually a good psychological move. Like you got your big stands on the home yeah. side, you make the visitors bring their lawn chairs, like it's some like nine year old yeah. soccer game. I love it. I and love we, it. And but, we had the capability to we we've talked yeah, to the bleacher to company to add on yeah. the home side. So you have a lot of room for tailgating. Plenty, yeah. Shoot here. this whole courtyard over here. Uh, this directly to our right, right here. I know we're on radio, so people can't see. Yeah. That's gonna that's gonna almost <laughs> double the parking. Um, you know, within the next six to eight months. So, so do with, with uh, Philip and uh, and Gunner tossing around, do y'all even need to play defense, or how does that <laughs> how does that work? Well, yeah, we do because uh, he'll give me an earful. Yeah, but uh, but no, shoot, it's 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 uh it's fun to see. I'll tell you what, yeah. he, he's a freshman. 
but he is a special player. Um, and you know, it's 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 a heck of a lot of fun. He, he's 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 a stud. But it, it's got to help defensively oh, yeah. to know that you got that on the offensive side. I mean, you you certainly you're doing your part and all that, but you know that if things get rough for you, that that they could. There's no doubt, and, and even going deeper with helping the defense, you know. We're, we're going against them from, yeah. from May to August and uh, and seven on seven and all summer. And so it's making us better. I mean, the, the kid just sees it. He does. He has yeah. Let me give vision. you the backside of that, though, because he throws a lot of passes of the game. And, and, you know, as you know, in high school, a lot of teams do run the football. So let's say, does that put a lot more pressure because your defense may be on the field a lot longer? Uh, there, there, there may be, yeah. But, but when you start looking at stats and looking at his completion percentage, I mean, he's, he's, he's way up there. So it's not like we're – we're not throwing a ton of incompletions and going three and out. What has the defense done so far this year? What, how has they? How, how have they played? Are they meeting your expectations? Yeah. So we're really young. Uh, we got two seniors, um, and I, I would say we're we're right there at meeting expectations. Um, we played pretty well. Besides uh, the first game of the year, we played Gulf Shores. Didn't have a great night, um, but other than that, yeah, for the most part, we're running to the football. Uh, we're tackling pretty well it needs to we need to continue to grow as the season goes um so in this in this game tonight it's kind of our last little tune-up before we finish out region play and, and try to see how does it look spot. for the region right now good um we're, we're 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 in good shape as long as we uh we take care of the next two region games you know we against should, we should who do you have uh next week we got orange beach and then the next we have wilcox um and then we'll go into a stretch with with jackson and tr miller Okay. Uh, so there's somebody in the app, a buddy of yours, that, that thinks that you need to get con- Coach Hunter in here with us. Oh, Brian, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's a user. <laughs> is that who it is? Okay, yeah. we, we got Brian's a, an assistant baseball coach. Nick, we got a name to the anonymous user now. I'm just saying. We'll talk about it at the break. Oh, he gave himself up? Uh, well, I don't know. You might have just given him up. I don't know. <laughs> Good stuff. So as we get back to the defense, have you changed because of the youth of this team? Have you changed your mo or lineup or how you play it this year? You know, from defensive line to linebackers, any difference from a year ago? Yeah, there, there's some uh, the base scheme. No, not necessarily, but but in game adjustments and and how you play certain coverages and stunts. Yes, there's times that you change depending on the personnel that you have, um, just because sometimes they're more capable of doing a certain thing or maybe less capable of doing a certain thing. Do you thing. play several players both ways, offense and defense? Yeah, here? we do. We do. Uh, and as, as the year goes on, it increases more and more. Um, I would say there's. it's probably right now it's three to five guys um, that play. Uh, it's it's a couple of wide outs that will go play some DB, um, an offensive lineman or two that will play some D-line. What's your concern about the McGill offense tonight? Shoot, they uh, they they got a good group, um, you know, up front. Their offensive line, they, they're they're big, uh, they're physical. I think this is going to be probably the the most physical game that we'll play all year. Um, and then on the perimeter, you know, number twelve is a good wide out. One's a good wide out. Uh, Fourteen, the quarterback, he's in his second year starting. He's he's a good player and he's he's continuing to get better. And and uh, they got a young running back, but but he's a tough kid too. Um, so. We got our hands full, but but we're going to go out there and we're we're, we're going to give them every shot we got. Simon Cordapassi sitting in with us uh, as we get this started here at St. Michael's on our game day. You were mentioning you did watch that game on uh, ESPN two. Yeah, I was I was flipping back and forth. Clay Chalkfield Thompson. Did that, that come game. down to a missed field goal or something like yeah, that? Yeah. Well, Thompson, but Thompson was down ten with like fifty seconds left, I think, and they they scored a seventy yard touchdown and then recovered an onside kick and then. 
had a I think it was a 43 yard field goal and and he he had the distance and it just went left. So that was that was a, that, there was a lot of dudes on that on that field last night in between those two teams. Man, that, the the roller coaster of being up 10 with 50 and Man. then you do the one thing. There's just one thing. Yeah. You you you're you have to do. Don't let them get behind no, you. That's just it. Tackle him. That's it. That's it. That's it. You you're watching the game and and you have a freshman quarterback who we'll be talking to a little later on in, in Gunner uh, Rivers. But doesn't Thompson also have a freshman quarterback, a kid that came on in the eighth grade? I'm just amazed at how kids are developing so quickly these days. Yeah, yeah, they do. He, he's a he's a freshman as well. Um, I think his name's Seawell or something Seaborn, like that. I think, yeah. um, and, he, and he's a good player. He's 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 a really good player. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's them developing earlier. You know, I think it's I think it's access to the game. Um, I think I think the game as the NFL develops, it pushes down to college. As college develops, it pushes down to high school and high school to middle school. You know, y'all have Coach Nolan on in a little bit, our middle school football coach. That's paid huge dividends for us just at St. Michael because they're running all of our base stuff in seventh grade. Um, you know, defense and offense, and so they they develop and they learn the game. But what about the bo- the bodies though? Are they developing also too? They are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're changing. I mean, it, for whatever reason, you know, I think the strength and conditioning is there's it's way more important. You know, we bring our guys in going into their seventh grade year, um, so they're they're coming out three days a week already. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it's nutrition in the world in general, um, but but yes, kids are developing at a faster and higher rate. Uh, in my opinion, it's all them chicken nuggets this kid eats, man, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and all the all the all the not nutritious in them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, there are tickets available. How how do people get them? GoFan. Yep, GoFan, Cash at Gate. Um, we take both. So how about that, Lee? I'm I'm in for that. Cash you're, at Gate. You're in for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah we we haven't broached the whole digital ticket concept yet. With we, uh, we like cash too. You know. Yeah. I'm doesn't? just not into these tickets on app and things like that. Yeah. Uh, I I would never be able to get into a stadium <laughs> these days. We'd help you out. It's not as difficult as it sounds. We we got you. We got you. Uh, all right. So you, um, what else is going from an athletic director standpoint? Tell us a little bit about what's going on. What other than football? Talk a little bit about your fall sport. Yeah. Shoot cross country and swim. Um, they're gearing up. They're getting ready for for sectional meets. Um, they're doing well. Volleyball swept Satsuma in a big area game last night, uh, 3-0. And then uh, our middle school football team, they got a big win last night versus uh, W.S. Neal at home. So everything's uh, everything's gearing up. It's a, it's a super busy time of year, but but it's all going good on our end. And, uh, and we're excited, and, and hopefully we can have, you know, the majority of our teams pushing for a, for a playoff spot uh, as we keep going in the fall. Well, man, we really appreciate you coming aboard with us and uh, and always having us out. We, we always enjoy it. And, you know, I tell people all the time who, who aren't familiar with this place or that opponent you're playing, yeah. this is kind of a big deal in that community, right? It's it kind of, it spans over two counties. A lot of these kids grow up together. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a budding rivalry is what it is. Yeah. There's no doubt. It's, it's, uh, and it's only going to continue. Yeah. To grow. Five, 10 hey. years. This is going to be, yeah, monster. it's, it's going to be huge it? and it's, it's a ton of fun, but wouldn't it be something you say you're going to open up Nick, to open up with McGill? Yeah. Oh, well, I, yeah. I don't know if we'll open up with them or not. Yeah. I mean, to open up your home, your first home game, that, that would be something that would uh that'd be nuts we'll, we'll see you could get him on your promotions team <laughs> lee knows we can start paying you maybe get you a part-time gig over here how about that? cars yeah or take you know you, you take about there you the, go no but see that that was always like going to games and having the tickets in your hand yeah. and getting the you know they, they 
the Stubbs take them home and save them. Now you can't do that anymore. We'll send all the mad fans that don't want to pay your way, though. <laughs> the complaint that? department. Yeah, the, yeah you, can be the, you can be the complaint Go department. Go see Simon. Simon says. <laughs> yeah. Simon says. <laughs> hey, man, thank you so much. We really do appreciate it. Great stuff. Yeah, thank you guys for coming out. All right, so when we come back, Lee, uh, we're going we're gonna to get somebody on the line and it's going to represent the opening kickoff in our Pigskin Pete Picks up for grabs a couple of uh, tickets to the SEC championship Let's game. see how sharp they are in the early in the morning. Maybe that would be a lot maybe of pressure. Because you, you said the guy in the lead's the nighttime guy? Yeah, Let's nighttime early, Bill. Let's get the early morning guy. We need early morning yes. Mike. Uh, <laughs> Nighttime early, Bill stand nighttime up. Bill, early morning. Er, early morning Mike is yeah, ready. ready to go. All right, we're going to wrap up hour number one next. It's uh, our Dr. Christopher Monarch's high school game day. We are broadcasting from St. Michael Catholic High School right here on the sports station WNSP. Hey, this is Dabo Sweeney, and you're listening to WNSP 105.5. The 1-1 to Story is grounded at third. Ramona Rios from third. The Orioles have done it. Go crazy, Baltimore. All right, 6.50. Welcome back in. We're wrapping up hour number one here on our Dr. Chris Monix High School Game Day. Mark and Lee in Air Sports 1. We're on the campus of St. Michael Catholic High School. Orioles celebrating their first divisional title since 2014, the first time they've had 100 wins in a season since 1980 as they beat the Red Sox 2 to nothing. Uh, we want to thank uh, Mobile Oral and Facial Surgery and Dr. Christopher Mullenix. We're going to talk to him, I hope, right now. Chris, good morning. How are you today? Now he's, still, he's still working on it, so we'll see if we All can right. uh, get him uh, here in the next couple minutes. Do want to let you know we are going to talk uh, to Philip Rivers. He's going to join us with his son and quarterback Gunnar Phillips, um, or Gunnar Rivers here at 750. And then Coach is expected to stay with us through most of hour number three. We'll also get an update on the Ryder Cup through uh, with John Ricchetti and our Millite Golf Report. Uh, so that's coming up as well. A couple of other interesting notes. Um, something we haven't really talked a whole lot about, Lee, was that Hugh Freeze. Um, continues to mention that he's going to get a little bit more involved with calling the plays. We wondered out loud in the offseason, uh, in the spring, in the offseason, up through spring meetings and SEC media days, when that was going to happen. He suggested, I believe it was a media day, that he was not calling the plays, right? We actually applauded him for coming out and, and saying exactly how it was going to be, where Jimbo Fisher, on the other hand, was really kind of wishy-washy about the whole thing. But as it turns out, he's going to get more involved. Yeah, where have we heard this before? Let's see. Gus Malzahn, almost every year, would bring in an offensive coordinator. Oh, yeah, he's going to call the plays. And then, well, nope, I think Gus is going to take over the plays. So we've heard that before. You know what? You can call all the plays you want, but if you don't have the personnel to get it done, uh, it's it's not going to help. Hopefully, hopefully, things will turn around for the offense for Auburn tomorrow. Uh, maybe if they had Cam Newton quarterbacking, it would make it a lot easier to call plays, but that can't happen. Dr. Christopher Mullinux is on the line with me right now. Chris, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today? Good morning, guys. Doing well. Thank you. Chris, we talk so much about implants. Of course, I'm not an expert on it, but I'm, I'm getting there. Uh, who knows? Maybe the next time I come in, I'll really have it down pat. But I know when people ask me about it, they do ask me about the payments and so forth. Are they covered by insurance? Maybe you can uh, lend some expertise on this. 
Absolutely, Lee. Well, uh, fortunately for some people, they are covered by insurance. Uh, more and more insurance plans are starting to recognize these as kind of the standard of care for replacing missing or broken teeth or for ill-fitting dentures. So we're seeing more plans cover these. Certainly we can do an insurance evaluation for patients when they come in and try to see if they have coverage and, of course, how much it will cover. Uh, but then in a lot of cases, it is an out-of-pocket expense. Uh, you know, we do accept all forms of payment. We also have multiple finance options to assist patients to get the care that they need. We do realize that these can be a little bit of an investment, and we want to make it as, as easy, affordable, and as doable for everyone as possible. So we do have multiple finance and, and, and avenues to try to get things done. Let me ask you this. Do you have openings for patients to come in and see you? Because I know you've booked a lot, but, I mean, are there opportunities for some people, other people to come in and see Absolutely. you? Absolutely. Well, we are blessed to have a full schedule, but we also, you know, the life throws an audible, uh, and, and people need to be seen, you know, in a timely fashion. So we always have appointments available for emergencies or even urgencies. Uh, so if you have a need, all you have to do is call. We'll do our best to get you worked in. If we need to, we can work in on the same day. Once again, Chris, all the years that you've been with us as a uh, title sponsor for our game days, we're out at St. Michael's today. Many, many thanks. Have a wonderful day and a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. I will mention that Dr. Mullenix is a big fan of Alabama. Of course, he went there and also South Alabama football. Uh, he's been, uh, well, he gets tickets for games there, and I will tell you that their next home game is Tuesday the 17th against Southern Miss. Get your tickets at usajaguars.com slash tickets. All right. Speaking of games, uh, we're doing it early today. We need one of you to step up, represent the opening kickoff, and take us to the promised land. That's right. Be the first one to get Michael on the phone at 694-1055, and you will be our guest picker for the week. Up for grabs. If you can beat 6-1 and one or even go undefeated and stay there without anybody duplicating that feat, two tickets to the SEC championship game in Atlanta in December. Plus, we get a little something-something uh, because you're representing us this show. LSU at Ole Miss, Florida at Kentucky, Texas A&M at Arkansas, South Alabama at James Madison. We have uh, the Falcons and the Jaguars in the NFL, Tampa at New Orleans, Seattle and the Giants. It's a Monday night game. Come on. Who wants a piece of Pigskin's boys? Here we go. Bill is joining us here on WNSP. Bill, good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Uh, I just want to make sure I'm hearing good things from you, Bill. You ready? A lot of pressure. Um, I, I, no pressure at all. Let's do it. All right. So as we, this is straight up. Here we go, Bill. All right. We got LSU at Ole Miss. LSU. All right. Florida at Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky. Texas A&M at Arkansas. Arkansas. South Alabama at James Madison. South. All right. In the NFL, we have the Falcons and the Jaguars. That's the game in Wembley. That's in uh that's a, that's an early Sunday morning game. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with Jacksonville. All right. Tampa at New Orleans. I'm going to let you pick that one. <laughs> uh, Tampa, Tampa's horrible. <laughs> all right. Well, let's go Saints then. 
You're a man after my own heart. Good to me. All right, and then Seattle at the New York Giants. It's a Monday night game. Uh, somebody's got to win. Uh, Seattle. Seattle. All right, Bill. We have you for LSU, Kentucky, Arkansas, South Alabama, Jacksonville, New Orleans, and Seattle. Stay on the line. Make sure. Uh, Michael's got all your information. We wish you the best of luck. I'm going to be honest, based on those picks, you're going to need it. (laughs) (laughs) I do want to, if if I could, uh, for that Arkansas-Texas A&M game, which has been a very, very competitive series, it's not that it's going to matter who Bill takes or who we take, but it's being played at the Arlington, the Cowboys Stadium. That's the way it's been set up. They say it's a neutral site. I, I assume there's like 50-50 or something like that, but it's it's not a home game on the Texas A&M campus nor on Arkansas. They continue to play this series at the uh, Cowboys Stadium. So, um, you know, that's why we play the game. I'm not feeling real confident. But then again, look, our guy a couple of weeks ago had the pick of the year when he picked South straight up over Oklahoma State. So anything can happen. I'm good with it. I wish Bill the best of luck. I don't have a say in this, but it but, seems to me if somebody goes 7-0, and and I know how it works that, well, if somebody later on goes 7-0, they supplant him. I think anybody who goes 7-0 should be rewarded somehow. Well, I tell you what, Lee, you work on something. We'll well, I tell you what, if one of our guys goes 7-0 and doesn't we'll take care win, of them. we'll take care we'll of them. We'll take care of them. Yeah. Because you know what? That's, that's what hard. we do on our show. Yeah, that's hard. We, we take care of those that take care reward. of us. We reward. I mean, if you go 7-0, and and especially with these games, I mean, they're, they're hard to pick. Yeah. Uh, the Saints, to me, is the easiest one. So now I'm kind of rooting for everybody from here on out to go undefeated on our, on we'll our, on our show. And I want to see what, how Lee's going to take care we'll of all you guys. We'll take care of them. I'll go on a limb and say multiple people won't go 7-0. and I don't think that's ever happened in, like, 20 years of doing this that's content. That's one of Michael's guarantees. Bronner and his negativity on a Friday. Yeah. Just can't have it. He just he just can't get away from that, can he? It's never so happened. <laughs> Could you go 7-0? What if you go 7-0, morning, Michael? How's that morning coffee, Bronner? Is it half empty? It's probably half empty, isn't it? Just about. Michael, yeah. what if you go 7-0? and Should we reward you? You should reward me anyway, but. All right. I'm glad we got that out of the way. Yeah. Thank you for that ray of sunshine there, Michael. All right. When Let we, me know I got faith more. in you, Bill. When we come back, uh, we'll continue from St. Michael Catholic High School. It's our Dr. Christopher Monix High School game day right here on the sports station WNSP. This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station, 105.5 FM, WNSP, and on the Sound of Mobile app. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Hine, Lee Shervanian, and Michael Brauner. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark, Lee, and Michael. All right, 7.05, hour number two here on a Friday edition of the opening kickoff. It's our Dr. Christopher Monex High School game day. Mark and Lee in Air Sports 1. We're on the campus of St. Michael Catholic High School. Got a lot of headlines to get to before we get to our next guest. Uh, 
The Ryder Cup underway. Not a good start for Team USA. They're down 4 nothing. They were swept by the Europeans this morning. Of course, they'll be playing again this afternoon. Recently fired Michigan State head football coach Mel Tucker reports that he's going to file a wrong wrongful termination suit against the school, which fired him with cause, which he'd cost him nearly $80 million. There was a rumor a couple weeks ago that surfaced that the spring football leagues, the XFL and the USFL, would merge, and apparently it's true. No details are available at this time. There are reports that the Army football team is negotiating to join the American Athletic Conference, and in football, the Lions embarrassed the Packers at Lambeau 34 to 20 and last night number one ranked team in the state of alabama thompson losing on a nationally televised game to clay chalkville by a score of 36 to 33 and with that our next guest representing st michael's head basketball coach and middle school football coach dan dandy dan nolan how you doing dan i'm good thanks for having me so uh your background, first of all, I know you've been here for a few years, but your background in sports, playing, and then coaching to get here. Yeah, I'm originally from North Alabama, Alberville, um, and I you know, came down here after college and was at Gulf Shores for a couple years, or for about six years, and was the basketball coach, coached football there as well. Um, and I played both in high school, so you know it's two sports I really love, and really couldn't choose. So I've been I've been coaching both ever since. Do you uh, did you play either or in college? No, 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 no. wasn't wasn't good enough. So you were a student that. of the game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, we talked with Simon about getting the, the middle school uh, athletes ready for the varsity. Talk about that process, what you do with them, how you develop them so that they'll be ready for the varsity because it seems like players are getting on the varsity younger and younger these days. No, no question. Um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We started the middle school program when I got here, and um, we've tried to mirror everything uh, off of what Coach Rivers and Coach Quarterpassy do defensively and offensively and uh, just try to get them ready and to make that jump. And um, I think we've done a pretty good job. I think this year we have three freshmen starting on, on varsity. Um, and we, you know, everything we call you here on Friday night. So uh, it's 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 been a pretty cool thing. What what I what I love about it, and you're starting to see this everywhere now, right? Uh, all sorts of programs are starting middle school programs, right? But what what's great about it is those kids probably are as excited about wearing that helmet or that jersey at that age than they will be when they're at varsity because they look up to those guys. So when they hear those plays or they get to play out on the same field or practice on the same facility that, that those older guys do, it's, it's a thrill for them. They love it. Oh, it's been a blast. I, yeah. You know, it's one of the more fun coaching experiences I've had as yeah. coach middle schoolers because they just have – so much joy and they just love being out there and they want to soak it all up because they want to know what those guys out there on friday nights are doing no question yeah and it's it's a lot of fun we talk about that you know hey this is the exact same call coach rivers is calling on, on friday nights you know so uh it's been fun we practice on the same field they do and and they all we always try to do a few things uh a week that with with the varsity to kind of to kind of keep our program together do they ever get thrown into the scout team no <laughs> no we don't do that to them of course, Gunner last year was on our eighth team, and that, he, yeah. he, uh, he he went up a couple times and played with the JV. So he, yeah, he. Uh, How many are out there for the middle school team? We got about 36 this year, uh, which is probably our, our biggest number. Uh, we've been growing every year. I think we had 24 my first year, and now we have 36. So, how much weight training goes on? So we get them in the spring, uh, normally around April, and we start working them out two, three times a week, just teaching them the base lifts. Um, and form and all that good stuff. Sometimes we start with, uh, you know, the bar. Most of the time we start with the bar and, and just work our way up. 
Um, and then throughout the summer, we'll do that too. So do you sneak in a how to pivot? session or you know how to box out <laughs> yeah yeah you, we like you kind of uh, you're looking at shoe size to see how they're going to grow over the next couple of years there's no doubt yeah we uh we try to do a little bit of both there yeah i try to it, that's been one of the cool things about <laughs> about doing it is you kind of beat your guys before they get there yeah know? if dan dan nolan joining us if you could could you get the transition from football to basketball by the time you get some of the players from the varsity year, what, about a third of the way into the season? So talk about the transition going in your stead from being a football coach to a basketball coach. Well, yeah, you hope it's a third of the way through, right? You hope your, your guys are getting in the playoffs and, and making a run, um, which, is, which is a tough thing for a basketball coach because, you know, you're trying to get, get going. But I, th- I think that's what helps us. It, it, me being a football coach kind of helps that. And, and the transition's been, been pretty good every year. I think uh, what I've learned about that situation, though, is you want your basketball team to to click and gel or be trending the right way at the right time. So if you don't have some of your football guys early, that's okay because those guys that maybe wouldn't get the reps when the football players get back are getting meaningful reps. And then you bring the football guys in, you blend them together. There's that there's that transition and so you want them hitting on all cylinders right at the end of the season right when you hit that area right so it's almost like a three-part season in basketball it really is it really is and you're absolutely right i mean you know this year even we may have some freshmen and sophomores who would normally play on jv be playing with us in that first in those first couple weeks just because we the numbers that'll help them later right there's no question you know that's what we're pushing for is uh but yeah it's 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 kind of a three-part series you know you're hoping uh, that second part, you're, you're uh, starting to get a few more things in in December, um, and then January is that that area season. So, um, you know, I, I think it's good though. If we're having success on the football field, it should translate, and I hope I hope it does translate to our our basketball and baseball and all the other programs that we have. I, I know this is probably not going to happen, but if it could, would you like to see where football ends? basketball starts i know this was talk in college a few years ago but it could never happen because of the way they have the march madness and then you have the the masters uh because coaches complained about the fact that we're the only sport that overlaps from one year to the next if it could be changed would you think the basketball coaches would really go for it where once you end football and then you start basketball uh, yeah, I mean, I think you'd have two sides of it, but uh, yeah, I think it should be pushed back a little bit. There's no doubt. I mean, right now, um, I think middle school. I don't know if you, <laughs> middle school basketball can start October 5th. Like we can start games October 5th. Yeah, you games know, or just practice. I'm pretty sure games. I think that we can already start practice. So uh, it's it's pretty wild. Um, and then they can play until January. So uh, yeah, I think you know pushing it back wouldn't be a, wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, but it's tough. I mean, football goes until, no, you know, the end of November. Or, so. And if you're in the postseason and yeah. get to the championship, you're playing well into December, the second week in December maybe. Yeah, especially this year because they got pushed back one, one week, right. really. So it's, uh, it's, it's, a th- it's definitely a thought. Coach, uh, can't thank you enough for stopping by, man. Great stuff. Really appreciate it. Wish you the best of luck in both endeavors, yes. by the way. Uh, you know, we want you to get your guys back in a reasonable uh, time, but not, not too soon. Not too soon. Not, not too, too soon. soon. But uh, seriously, thank you. Best of luck with the upcoming basketball season as well. Thanks for being here, guys. Uh, well, speaking of basketball, I want to announce uh, for those that are interested in high school basketball, the Mobile County Basketball Media Day is taking place this Sunday. Um, it's presented by Ballin' Down South, so you might want to uh, check it out. Uh, they'll be streaming where they basically interview coaches and players 
uh, for those of you that want to get a little basketball fix here in the middle of uh, fall season, you can uh, you can do so there. So thanks to Ron and all the fine folks at Balling Down South for handling that. All right, so let's do this. Uh, we're going to get you a scoreboard, traffic, and weather. Uh, Alec Naiman has to announce a winner for the catering party. Somebody's going to get a big meal. You see, we talk about taking care of you guys. If you wind up going undefeated and not winning pigskins contest, we're going to take care of you here on the opening kickoff because you guys make the effort. Maybe you and I will have our own to join us every day, and we'll invite those. Anything's possible. Yeah. All I'm saying is we appreciate you guys, and we try to, to prove that, to show that to you in as many different ways as we can. And uh, the next segment will certainly prove that. One lucky listener going to be feeding an army. It's Dr. Christopher Mullinex High School game day. We're at St. Michael Catholic High School right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. Don't go anywhere. This is Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Senior Bowl. You're listening to WNSP 105.5. Thirty-five yards. Goff deep again, wide open, making the grab and taking it. It is St. Brown. Amon Ross, St. Brown for 24 yards. So just like that, 35-24. Lambo. All right, 7:21. Thanks for hanging with us on this Friday edition. Gotten some uh, folks in the um, in the app wanting to know. Uh, Philip Rivers scheduled to join us in about 30 minutes here, and he's expected to stay with us for some time. So. Uh, make sure you hang with us. It's our Dr. Christopher Mullinex High School game day. That's right. We're at St. Michael Catholic High School. Mark and Lee, we are in Air Sports 1. All right. It's time now to uh, pick a winner at that time of the day, Friday. Alec Naiman, Naiman's Catering, will be joining us uh, pretty soon so that we can uh, find out who gets the tailgate party for 18 to 20 people. If you want to include us, that's fine. In the interim... <laughs> But look, we can do without it. I mean, we can have our own. We can get our own. But uh, if you want to include us and, and make it, um, you know, more of a celebrity deal, well, just let us know. I do want to thank sponsors for the high school game day at St. Michael's, Green and Phillips Injury Law Firm. Thanks to David Green, the Orthopedic Group, Ward International Trucks, LNS Air Conditioning, Rich's Car Wash, and Greer's Markets. And yesterday you heard from Jan and all they've done. Uh, for education purposes and helping high schools with Greer's as they celebrate their 107th uh, anniversary here in the greater Mobile area. Uh, so, by the way, we're going to do our picks. Uh, and we haven't had a, a chance to, to really talk about it, but we'll dive into this Alabama-Mississippi State um, game. Uh, the reason I bring it up is because Mississippi State's defense may be exactly what Jalen Milrow needs right now. I know there's a lot of talk about uh, – the passing game at Alabama or the lack of one. But, man, Mississippi State's pass defense has been atrocious from the standpoint that guys that they have faced have hit on a high percentage of passes over the last three weeks, and they've all gone over like 330 yards. So it's it's really setting up nice for, for Jalen Milrow to, to get some what I would think would be some comfort there in the pass game in the pocket also the other thing i thought was interesting was that uh nick saban i think he was on the pat mcafee show talked about running that offense to his strengths right we talked so much about um them wanting to go pro style and that really not fit in jalen milrose's strengths um, i think you might start to see a little bit different type of play calling here this week we'll, we'll get into it but should we uh should we award a 
Yeah, I think. A lucky listener here. I think it's time for Alec Naiman, Naiman's Catering. Alec, you're on the hot seat now. You got to pick from one to nine. Good morning. Pick from one to nine the latest winner for the tailgate party. Oh, man, you you making it tough on me now, one to nine. I mean, thank God you didn't get, get over nine because I had to take my socks off to count my toes. Okay, all right, so let's see. Can you remember what we did the last time? So this time I'm thinking I'm just going to give you a number one. How about a number one? You're number, number one. one. Number All right, Michael, one. share with us who the lucky winner is. Number one, the very first one two weeks ago. Alden. All right, Alden. Congratulations, man. All right, so, Alec, tell tell the folks what our lucky winner is getting. Oh, man, listen, you get your choice of a couple of tailgate uh, parties there. I mean, you can have our barbecue tailgate. You can have our Cajun tailgate. I mean, we got, you know, red beans and rice jambalaya. We got the gumbo tailgate packages. We got it all. So you, we'll give you some choices and let you tell us what you want. How about that? So that sounds good. You know, hey, it's a big weekend, right? We got some football going on. I mean, I guess we're going to have to watch some football, all that kind of stuff. But I do want to mention now, the Greek Fest is coming up here in October. As we get into October, we always think Greek Fest. And Shrimp Fest. I have to admit, we got the Shrimp Fest in Gulf Shores. But the Greek fan, that's dear to my heart. So y'all stay tuned for that more information on that. Guys, if y'all need something, you call me, 473-3900. Look us up on the web at namingscatering.com. Give us a like on Facebook because we always tell you about the stuff we got going on on our social media sites. So, guys, my Jags are bouncing back. So go Jags. Appreciate it, Alec. And we'll start another round next week of qualifying. So in two more weeks, we'll get another winner all told by the end of it. We'll have six winners for the tailgate party. So keep listening. Uh, all right. So uh, we have a couple of different folks in the uh, in the app. Someone says Bama wins 41 to 10. On the other side, though, front seven, according to some of our guys, pretty stout. Not an upset, but it could be a game in the fourth quarter. Where do you land on that? I know we're going to do our picks later. What do you I think, think it's, it's, I think it's com- gonna, com- competitive? I, uh, competitive, at least through the uh, early fourth quarter. I don't think it's going to be a route. I really don't. There's been nothing I have seen yet to indicate from the Alabama offense that this is a team that's built for these route scores like they used to do. And I hope I'm wrong. Maybe I hope I'm wrong. I, I hope that what you said about passing against Mississippi State, I just haven't seen enough. Now, I know some teams have really had a field day against Mississippi State's defense, like LSU. But with Alabama, uh, I, I worry about the offensive line, Mark. Okay, it's one thing to be able for Milro, will he have time? to throw the football uh will the mississippi state defense give him problems at least in the trenches so i i think here's the way i look at it from what i've seen so far and i haven't seen anything to change this the running game is the most important thing you get that running game going against mississippi state it's going to open up the passing game yeah so um arizona lsu and south carolina all combined i saw the stat i can't take credit for it combined to hit 79 percent of their passes in the last three weeks for over 330 yards and seven touchdowns. Are you saying there's hope for Auburn then? Uh, against Mississippi State, yes, against maybe. Mississippi yes. State. Yeah, that's what I'm uh, saying because they haven't hit over 100 yards passing in their last five Power Five games. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that one could get uncomfortable. And then you mentioned, too, about uh, with Auburn and Georgia. Look, good luck to Auburn, okay? That's what I'm going to say. I want them to win. 
does it matter whether Hugh Freeze, Philip Montgomery, Andy Reid, or anybody calls plays yeah. against Georgia? Seriously. So I, I said that he was talking about being more involved in calling the plays. Uh, one of our listeners pointed out that he didn't technically say he was calling the plays. He was just going to get more involved in the game planning and implementing more RPO. And I would ask, why but, hasn't he been? Because he's an offensive-minded coach. And the two games that I've really watched closely, uh, California and, of course, the loss to Texas A&M, I have never seen a Hugh Freeze offense look so pathetic. Why hasn't he been more involved to begin with? Or is he just is that lip service? Is he just saying that? Um... I don't know. I mean, I've, look, we saw him at Liberty. His offense was prolific. They were great. Uh, Ole Miss, his offense was good, very good. So you'd give him a C- minus or a D when it comes to offense, an F? What do you, you mean at Auburn? Yeah. I'll go along with uh, Matt Cohen. I'll give him D, D-. minus. What would you? How, how do you go higher than that? Well, they haven't done anything. I don't know. Are we grading on a curve? Probably not. <laughs> grading on a curve. <laughs> All right. Compared to who? Yeah. When we come back, we're expected to be joined by a couple of uh, St. Michael football players here as we continue with our Dr. Christopher Monix High School game day. So stay with us right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. Welcome back in. The Dr. Christopher Monix High School Game Day continues from St. Michael Catholic High School. Bunch of people make this possible every week. Want to thank all state agent Kenneth Morgan, the Mobile County Sheriff's Department, Coastal Alabama Community College. Uh, David Morris over at QB Country obviously has a vested interest in high school sports. We appreciate him coming aboard. And of course, St. Michael Catholic High School. Uh, remember to support the folks that support your kids here on WNSP. All right, we're going to have fun now with our next two guests, and I'm going to do something different. I'm going to let them introduce themselves at the risk of mispronouncing a name. First of all, we're going to start with defensive back Brady. You want to introduce yourself? Yes, sir. My name is Brady Zdib. I'm a junior at St. Michael Catholic High School, and I play cornerback. I don't think I've seen a name lately. You don't even have a vowel in your name. No. How did that happen? I don't know, to be so honest. You play that game with no vowels. Yes, okay. Sir. And Rocco, it's great to have you at Air Sports yes, One. Sir. Rocco, if you'll introduce yourself and your name and what you play. Yes, sir. Uh, my name is Rocco Fayupu. I'm a junior at uh, St. Michael Catholic High School, and I uh, wear number 58, and I'm, and I'm our left tackle. All right. Now, you, your family moved from Hawaii, correct? Yes, sir. What brought you to this area? Uh, my mom, she works in the army, so we uh, she stay she gets stationed in many different places. So, and they bring her to Mobile, but now she works in Biloxi. So, yeah. Are, are we into an area where we can talk about what she does for the government, or is that one of those things you'd have? That's going to be in a special the next know. Netflix yeah. series, yeah. man. It's going to be awesome. That, that, <laughs> that's something we have to like, stay away from. Yes, sir. Rocco, you had a brother who played here last year. All right, what's yes, he doing sir. now? Uh, he uh, was going to walk. He was trying to walk on to South uh, Alabama, and uh, he was tired of waiting because uh, I don't know. He just they weren't giving him a shot, so he went up to Huntington to play uh, for one year, and so he's up there right now playing at Huntington. And he's enjoying it, and 
looking for a bigger opportunity to pursue his football career. Guys, let's talk about the game tonight. Brady, uh, what can you tell us about the preparation, getting ready for McGill, and how important is this game to you and to the team? Uh, yeah, it's been a lot of good preparation, and uh, it means a lot to us because obviously we're the two bigger Catholic high schools and the rivalry, I mean, it's a big rivalry. And a lot of the prep on defense has been uh, trying to stop the run and forcing their forcing the quarterback to pass the ball and force incompletions. And a lot of it has just been focusing a lot on their offense and their route schemes and stuff. You practice against the offense, obviously. Your opinion of the starting quarterback, the freshman Gunner? Uh, yeah, he's awesome. I mean, any freshman being able, being able to come out and perform like he does every week is very impressive, no matter what. For sure. Rocco, you play both offense and defense. Which yes, do you prefer? Uh, I like uh, offense uh, because I know I got five guys next to me that are willing to do anything for me, and they're going to make sure I do my job correctly and make sure that Gunner, the freshman quarterback, doesn't get hit. So I can rely on five other or four other guys, sometimes five. If you wanted to continue to play uh, football after high school, w would you gravitate to offense or defense? No, I would play defense. But I like offense more. Now, on offense, uh, what technique uh, do you use, like as far as keeping linemen away from your quarterback? Have you been able to keep guys away from your quarterback? Uh, yes, sir. We we try our best, uh, staying low, uh, anchoring down. You know, we're not the biggest guys out there, so uh, trying to anchor down is one of the best options we got. So staying in front of them, anchoring down, doing our job making sure everyone's on the same page. Have you ever, like, on offense, I'm sure some defensive linemen try some tricks with you to get around or do things holding or anything like that or grabbing. So do you learn from that? And then when you go on defense, you do the same thing? I try my best, yes. I, I, I know as an offensive lineman, I don't like them. I don't like when they run around me. So I, as a defense lineman, I like to just run around them. Don't run towards them, run around them. <laughs> so that's what I do. Brady, what about uh, playing defensive back? Uh, have you come up with any interceptions yet this year? No, I have not. I've been very close. Uh, Gulf Shores, I was very close. And also last week versus Hatsuma, I should have had one. But uh, I think our DBs as a whole have only one. But, yeah, we need to definitely step that up. And I hope that we'll get one tonight. Would you rather tackle or defend? I would say... I love tackling, but defending and staying one-on-one -on -one with a guy and being able to lock him down is a great feeling. What's it mean sure. to you guys to be a part of this program? It's still a relatively young program, right? Yes, and sir. so you guys are still growing, but to know that there were some guys. What did you guys learn from maybe some of the guys before you, and, and what are you trying to relate to maybe some of the guys coming up after you? Um, I think one thing that I learned from the people before us is uh, the importance of leadership. And my brother was a senior two years ago, and that senior class and the one last year were just some great leaders. And I think that's very important on being able to bring your team together and perform as a whole. Does he complain that, man, you get it good now, that better now than <laughs> yeah, he had he, it back then? he does every now and then. Yeah, yes, I figured that would, that would be the case. Yeah. Um, my, I had a, my brother played here uh, last year. He was a senior uh, captain, and uh, I learned from their group that just play your hardest, you know, uh, Though we don't get the, the most attention because we're not, you know, the biggest schools out there, we uh, just try our hardest and you'll get there one day. Is there a parent more fiery in the stands than your head coach is on the sidelines? <laughs> I don't think so. I, don't I, don't think think so. I want to meet that fan. I want to meet that fan. I don't think so. I don't think so. 
Rocco, tell me about your family tree. Um, <laughs> I got, we have uh, big families coming from, uh, you know, the islands. Uh, we like to have big families. I don't know why, but we do. And so I, uh, my mom has seven siblings. My dad has 13. Um, their parents have, my grandparents both have over 10 siblings. So it's a big family. So we're, re we're related to a lot of different people. Um, how about and the football connections? Oh, and the football. Uh, my dad's brother, he's the new tight end coach at Auburn. Uh, my dad's uh, nephew, my cousin, is Tua uh, and Talia and, uh, and those guys. And um, You're talking about the quarterback of Miami? Yes, sir. Right. Okay, keep yes, going. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's all I can think of on the top of my head. Have you seen him play in person? Yes, sir. For the Miami Dolphins, uh, not Miami yet, but Alabama. Yes. What did you think about his game last week? The the. Uh, actually, my favorite team is Denver Broncos, so I didn't oh, like come it. On. <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> uh, yeah, I did not like that one. So, uh, and again, coming from, do you miss Hawaii at all? Uh, I do, but when I look at it now, it's like, this is a. I like this better. It's more calm and. Less tourists here. I mean, now it's starting to come. So away. none of your Grady, you never asked to go back or maybe vacation over. Do you, I'm sure you have places to stay over there, right? Uh, yes, we do. Yeah. Oh, my, my team retreat, man. Let's yeah. go. Let's For do real. it. <laughs> What's the uh, the toughest transition playing football over here in the United States? Over well, I say Hawaii is yeah, also yeah, in the United yeah, States. Okay, so but the biggest transition that you learned. Um, you mean difference-wise? Yeah, but just playing the game here and, uh, and playing for an NFL quarterback. Yes, sir. Uh, speed here is way different than in Hawaii. It's way quicker. Everyone's faster. Um, and for playing for Coach Rivers is like a, it's a blessing. So, uh, you know, not all of us think about that. Uh, playing for a future Hall of Famer uh, and looking up to him, and he's right there in the office, and, you know, it's a truly a blessing. So. How about you, Brady? Could you? I'm sure you could have gone and played somewhere else. Was it the attraction of Philip Rivers here, or other things that brought you to St. Michael's? Well, I went to Christ the King in middle school, and then both of my siblings, my oldest brother Luke Farrell, was the first graduating senior class of this school, and then my other uh, older brother was Micah, and I just sort of wanted to follow in their footsteps. They were both pretty good football players, and I just wanted to be able to be like them. And uh, when I heard Philip Rivers was coming here, it definitely sparked my interest a little bit. And I obviously, I already played football, so it was just a great, it was a great opportunity for me and everyone else to be able to be coached under him. What if you went to him and said, you know, Coach, I'd like to be the quarterback? <laughs> I don't think he would like that very much. <laughs> I can't throw the ball very well. <laughs> I got to ask, um, Rocco, do you know how to fall? Do you know how to fall correctly? Is, it, is, that a, is that a Tua issue or is that a family issue? Because I thought that might have been one of the most overblown stories in the history of NFL football was Tua learning how to fall. Do you just – clearly you have the same reaction I have, which is just – it's silly, right? Um, actually, it's funny because my dad says, why don't you fall? Like in the, on the, in the football field, <laughs> even playing defense, he's like, why don't you want to tackle the guy and hit the floor? And I'm like, I don't know. I just don't like hitting the floor. It's, it's weird. Um and I played baseball when I was younger. I never liked to slide. I don't know. I just didn't like to hit the ground. I guess I don't. So you're just anti-contact, which is perfect for yeah. a football player. I just play <laughs> running back. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. You play other sports here? Uh, I play. We do. Uh, they're actually going to start wrestling. I'll do that. And uh, <coughs> and Brady do track and field. Well, I do field. He does track. What, what's your specialty in track? I'm a short distance runner. I do the hundred, two hundred, and uh, four by one. 
you're, so you're very busy. Is there yes, uh, a lot of closeness between this school and McGill as far as you, you two? Do you have friends who play on the McGill team? Is there any kind of, let's say, relationships? I don't know a lot of the people uh, this year. I know one. I think he's a sophomore. I think he's Jacob or Joseph Huff. I can't remember. But um, I don't know a lot of them, like, too personally. But I do know some that don't play football over there. So how fast are you, man? Are you the fastest he's, guy out here? He's really fast. You, is well, he the fastest, he's the fastest guy? guy here? Yes, yeah. sir. I have the the leadership on the um, forty meter dash, forty yard dash in the in the weight room, and also I went to state last year, my first year ever doing track. So how come you're not playing wide receiver? I can't catch. <laughs> to put it simply, to put it simply, I can't catch very well. I did play receiver a little bit in middle school, but I think that's when they knew that they needed even to be on Even defense. a slip screen? Just no, a yeah, slip actually, screen? yeah, we've been practicing just a little bit with screens, and uh, I do play running back too, but we have been practicing a little bit with screens to try and get my my catching abilities up a little bit. Um, I don't, I don't know if you know, but young uh, Mr. Wiggins over here has been known to be fleet of foot. I don't know if we need to um, uh, step outside. He's I got the loafers on. I don't know about that. Okay. Per- oh, Nick was like, that's perfect. Okay. Because uh, this wouldn't be the first time you he's he's raced somebody really? uh, during our show. Yeah, our South Alabama receiver Anthony uh, Eager came, oh, yeah. to, uh, came, uh, came yeah, to our crazy. studios um, and beat Nick in Birkenstocks. Yeah, he didn't even have the proper gear yeah. on. But it was close. It was close. <laughs> yeah, I saw Anthony race quite a lot of times. Yeah. He's, he's crazy. Yeah, it was. Uh, could, you, how, could you compete? I don't think so. I mean, when I saw him do the uh, <coughs> the hurdles, yeah. the 100-meter hurdles or the 110, that was like some of the craziest athleticism. I mean, he just didn't stop his momentum at all, and it was just so quick all the way through. So I don't know if I could. Maybe in the regular 100, but in the hurdles, definitely not. Hmm. All right. Well, guys, we appreciate it. Uh, what time's class start today? What do we got first period? Uh, 7.45, I have theology. That makes um, sense. Being yeah, 7.45, same. I don't even know. I don't even know, to be honest. Well, when you're the fastest kid, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I think I have biology. You'll get there Oof. before the bell rings. First, first period biology? Yeah, it's not the best. Yikes. We got, we'll talk to Coach about that. Uh, <laughs> guys, really do appreciate you coming aboard. Yes, sir. Uh, Thank you for having best, us. Best of Thank luck you. tonight and you Thank know for you. the rest of the season, and uh, we Thank look you. forward to doing it soon. Thank you. Yes, All right. When we come back, uh, Philip Rivers, uh, the head coach here at St. Michael, is scheduled to join us, uh, and his son, quarterback Gunnar Phillips, set to join us as well. We'll uh, get you an update on the Ryder Cup, too. Uh, we'll have to do our picks in hour number three. Maybe a race will break out here at, at the break. I don't know. Maybe there'll be a camera on it. Who knows? Uh, continue with your comments in the app. It's our Dr. Christopher Mullenix High School Game Day. We're at St. Michael Catholic High School right here on the sports station, WNSP and online at WNSP.com. Hi, this is ESPN founder Bill Rasmussen, and you're listening to WNSP Mobile. Shotgun formation. Here comes the rush. Rivers gets rid of it. Touchdown! Rivers to Gates. The Chargers are two points away from tying this third and five. All right, 749, back for more as we wrap up our number two. It's our Dr. Christopher Mullenix High School game day. That's right, Mark. I'm Lee Shervanian. We're in Air Sports 1 on the campus of St. Michael Catholic High School. Well, we're expected to be joined by the coach here at St. Michael. Apparently, um, Philip Rivers. Brady doesn't want to go to class. Uh, didn't want, they, you talked him out of biology, so he's still here. He, he I don't think I had to do much convincing. 
I mean, I can't think of a, I mean, I, no disrespect for all you science folks out there. I can't think of a worse class to take first period than biology. Because when I was in high school, I had to do that. We had a rotating schedule where the classes changed every day. Time, I hated biology first period. Man, that was just the Mark, worst. This may kill you. I never took biology. Well, ever. Yeah. And you, it ever. seemed to work out fine for you. It really did. Yeah. Yeah, I was maybe, well, it's so far back, I don't remember what my first class, but I, I never took biology and I never took trigonometry, which I was really happy about, too. Uh, I took trig, don't remember a thing, and, and got out of taking calculus. Never took calculus. I am a Now kids are taking calculus as freshmen and sophomores. Yeah, but they got all these gadgets. We weren't allowed to use any of those things back then. They didn't have any of that. You can't do calculus on an abacus, Lee. I mean, what are you going to do? All right, let's uh, bring in our next guest, somebody that we've talked quite a bit about, Gunnar Rivers and his dad. <laughs> Hi, Gunnar. Hi, how are you? Freshman quarterback. Hey, uh, have you gotten any uh, calls from uh, New York area codes lately? Uh, was it 914, is it? or is that, I, I forgot what it is now. Is I don't even know that area code. 914? No, but it was crazy. I hated, I mainly hated it for Aaron Rodgers. Golly, you know, so much buildup all off season and uh, – I was really looking forward to seeing that Jets team with him running the show. Well, thinking yeah. They could have made some You can watch him Sunday night if you want. They're on Sunday night TV. <laughs> yeah, he'll be. Well, not him. But, uh, but, you know, all this talk about that being a Super Bowl contender, all they're missing is a quarterback, and they're still missing a quarterback, and they don't look like a Super Bowl. They're, what, what is going on? I know. It, it's been a crazy start to the to the year in the NFL, yeah. really. A lot yeah. of injuries. Yeah. We will Tons. talk a lot of NFL in the next segment, but we want to talk to you and your son, Gunnar Rivers, the uh, freshman quarterback. So how's it going for you, Gunnar? It's going really good. I've been, it's been a really good season so far, and it's been really exciting. Like, you know, I've read stories about co- uh, dads who were coaches who started developing their sons to be quarterbacks at an early age was that the case with your family um yeah kind of uh, i mean i played started playing flag since kindergarten and then my first year playing tackle was sixth grade but flag i've been i've been just playing flag which really helped me so there's some names out there that just resonate quarterback that just scream quarterback major captain gunner i mean that's just like the perfect quarterback name Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was that was that was that the, no, was that no, the plan? No, it wasn't. So Gunner is my mom's maiden name. It's my it's my so my granddad's last name Gunner. Uh, so yeah. So but then I, I've always said so that's where he got that's where he got the name from. But then I always said if he can throw the ball or shoot it, then it. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it fits, if, it fits if you it. got if you got a Gunner or a major at quarterback, you're gonna win like ten games a year. <laughs> but isn't that a terminology on special teams when they yeah. call them the Gunners? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So you play special teams too? Uh, I, yeah. I'm the punter. The punter. The punter and the holder. <laughs> so talk about this first season for you, uh, transition to a starting quarterback, and what's it been like? Uh, it's been really good, really fun, and it's I've been just having a lot of fun doing it, and doing it under my dad's been really fun. I really enjoy it. Do you have a say in the game plan? Um a little bit, yeah. <laughs> How yeah. much? No, he does, because I tell him and all our guys is we can come up with all we want. You know, we can sit and watch tape and, and uh, er, you know, draw up thing after thing, but they're the ones that got to play. You know, so if they don't like it or feel comfortable with it, then it's probably not going to work. And so same certainly as the quarterback. I mean, shoot, if it doesn't feel right to you in practice, well, let's take it out. How much diff- – well, what's it been like? You were coached by your father in high school, right? So what did you take from that to Coach Gunner? Yeah, no, I, 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 uh, I'm 
uh, hopeful, and I feel like it's off to the start of having kind of the same experience that I had uh, with my dad as a coach. Uh, different because it's going to be longer. Uh, hopefully, staying healthy, it'll be you know four four seasons of, of him as a quarterback. But um, we had a great. I, had, I just had nothing but great memories, you know, of being on the of being on the practice field and in the meetings and in the weight room and and uh, and then on the sidelines, you know, on the games on Friday nights. And uh, so now we're getting to kind of relive that. You know, twenty something years later. You know, now now dad's yeah. on the sideline watching. You know, as granddad, and then of course uh, Gunner's uncle, my brother's uh, receivers coach, and so and, uh, Pete, my sixth graders, the ball boy. I mean, it's kind of a whole. I mean, it's just time. So one thing it reminds me is time flies. Holy yeah, smokes. makes you feel makes you feel like you might be getting old finally. No, no huh? question. All right, so Gunner, are your stats better in Madden or on Friday nights? <laughs> um, uh, I guess Friday nights. <laughs> 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 Once the game is over, do you go home and talk about it, or do you just put it aside? Uh, probably put it aside until the next day, I guess, and then talk about it a little bit next day. What's it like on the sideline? Who does the talking? Mostly, uh, Phil, do you do most of the talking on the sideline, or do you have a problem and do you take it to your dad? Uh, yeah, I do sometimes. Then sometimes I bring it to Stephen, my uncle, and then he talks to him about it. Yeah, we kind of uh, – that's kind of seemed to be the, a, a good flow. You know, certainly he and I are talking like, hey, we may come back to this next series. Are you good with it? Or, hey, you may come down to this. If it's a mistake that was made in the previous series, I kind of – I'm not going to wear it out right now. And and then he and Steven will talk through what happened and kind of let it, that air out. So it's, it's it's been good having Steven on the staff, someone who he's really close with and trust, that sees and knows how I'm thinking. So it kind of can be a little bit of a buffer. Uh, because I yeah. tend to get a little. You know, little I've heard out. that. I've heard rumor and speculation about that. I was hoping you could confirm that for us. Gunner, is your style like your dad's? He dad had a very unique style of throwing. Is yours kind of like? Yes, that? it's really similar. And you taught him that, or it, he... well, it's similar. It is it's similar. I think just from maybe him watching since he was. I mean, he was watching me play and 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 loving the game since he was five, six years old, and then we would play in the yard. Yeah. And you know, you know, you kind of watch and and but he. Uh, he throws a little more conventional than I did, but it's still it's still eerily similar. Like when when the guys, some of our former teammates, watch clips on Max Preps or whatever, they say, "Golly, it looks like we're watching." You know, it looks like a young you out there. Did you? What was the first time he actually just absolutely like tattooed you with the ball? You're out there in the yard and you're like, "Yo, slow it down just a hair." <laughs> yeah, it's it's probably happened before. Yeah. yeah. All right, so now the roles were reversed, right? Is he is he throwing with a little heat? He's got a little mustard on that hot dog now. Yeah, no, he is, and, and it's amazing how they. Uh, I listened to Simon earlier and, and Coach Nolan and those guys. I, it's amazing how much they changed. These guys changed from seventh to ninth grade, yeah. even, and from ninth to eleventh grade. You know, that for me was an adjustment when I first got here, and you know, and Simon would say. Hey, he's gonna be fine next year. He'll be the, he'll probably be able to play corner, and next year he'll be able to be, he'll be an outside linebacker. I'm going him, yeah. You know, to, uh, <laughs> yeah. Any given player, and it's like, yeah, we'll just watch and see how much they change. And so that for me is seeing. I mean, him as a seventh grader, and now is not not even close. St. Michael's uh, freshman quarterback Gunnar Rivers joining us. His dad, of course, will stay with us. Uh, we'll talk more NFL and college with him in the next hour. But I want to ask you kind of a serious question. What is it like? Your dad's gonna as a future Hall of Famer. Okay, there's no doubt about it. What's it like to try? to follow in the footsteps of having a famous dad on the football field at a more, at the most important position on the uh, gridiron. Yeah, so I feel like people say like it's a lot of pressure, but I don't really feel the pressure as much, and I just take it, I don't take it for granted, and I just enjoy it. There's got to be, you don't have to tell us on the air, but just blink. If I mean, there's wearing a, his number, too, if there's a If there's a call for a fake punt where you just launch it to one of the gunners, there's just got to be, right? It's just, it's natural. 
just blank or breathe or something. <laughs> we did against. We did. We've done it. We've yeah. done it. All right. Yes. It just seems to make sense. Yeah. All right. And for those, you know, the the Madden reference was obviously because what were you like eighteen of twenty two the other day for like yes what was it? It was like forty two to eight, um, for like three twenty five. I mean, there's literally video game numbers, so you can't top that in Madden. Uh, I'm probably not, honestly. <laughs> Are you just not yeah. a Madden guy, or uh, you're just so much better at it on Friday nights? Um, I mean, I play Madden a little bit, but not, not too much. What's your favorite pass route? Um, probably uh, 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 just, a, just a go ball, I yeah. guess. Yeah. <laughs> That's do you have, do you have the, uh, an explosive receiver who can go out and catch your – Yes, we do. We have a couple. Um, Brody Jones is a good – Good wide out, and then Tucker Thompson is another good one. How much do you work off practice sessions? I hear these stories about quarterbacks who develop, but and the pros, and they'll spend like even the summer beyond the OTAs and all that working together. Do you do a lot of that after practice with your receivers? Yeah, during the summer we did that a lot after practice. We would just after practice we would just throw routes and just throw them and throw them and throw them to get the chemistry down. How many passes would you like? What's I think I saw once you threw 44 in a game. Uh, I think it was a little more than that, actually. <laughs> Philip, yeah. what's the most you ever threw in a, in a high school game? Well, in a high school game, my most attempts was 24. How about in a college game? <laughs> high school game? Are you okay with 44, 45? Well, and in a college game, my very first college game as a true freshman at NC State, we threw it 57 times with Norm Chow and then threw it, and then threw it over 50 again in my second game. Well, so here he was as a freshman in his first game as a freshman in high school, and we threw it 55 times, I think, at, at Gulf Shores. And then we had all of our running backs injured. Uh, we moved Nick Russo from linebacker to running back for the next game against Chickasaw, and we threw it 50 times again. I told the staff, I said, we may throw it every down. Yeah. They, were, they laughed. But, so the, the, the trend of throwing it that much has slowed down a little bit. We've been in the high 20s, low 30s. I don't, I don't expect to throw it 50 times a night, but if we need to to have a chance, we will. Hey, we're going to talk more about tonight's game coming up. Uh, Gunner, I guess class awaits. So uh, yeah, congratulations yeah. on all the success. Uh, we wish you the best of luck moving forward. It's a lot of fun to have you. Thank Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, hour number two in the books. Here comes hour number three. It's Dr. Chris from Monarchs High School game day. We're at St. Michael Catholic High School. Stay with us right here on the sports station, WNSP. This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM, WNSP, and on the Sound of Mobile app. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim, Lee Shervanian, and Michael Brauner. The opening kickoff. 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 Here are Mark, Lee, and Michael. All right, here we are, hour number three. Thanks for hanging with us on WNSP. It's our Dr. Christopher Monarchs High School game day. Mark and Lee in Air Sports 1. We're on the campus of St. Michael Catholic High School. Well, we're very happy to have Philip Rivers, the head coach at St. Michael's, a future Hall of Famer, to stay with us for the entire hour. Among the headlines, of course, uh, well, there's plenty of football to talk about. The Lions win last night. We'll talk to Philip about that. High school football, the number one team in the state in 7A. He lost. Thompson lost yesterday. But there's also the Ryder Cup going on, and I'm assuming we have John Ricchetti on, uh, that we'll be talking to him about it. The U.S. getting off to a very poor start today. They were swept by the Europeans 4 nothing, 
And, you know, Johnny understands the format a lot better than I do as to whether we have a chance to really come back. They're uh, competing over in Italy. So we'll there's already talk. LeBron's putting together a, a redeem team for next time. We're going to we're going to fix this Ryder Cup thing. Don't worry. Only the best and brightest. Lee. Well, uh, we talked about this and I, Johnny's ready to go. Good with the Miller like off report. John Ricchetti. Johnny, good morning. How are you today? Well, I'm done. I, Lee, I'm doing good. It's The question is, is how's the Americans doing it? They're not doing quite well. Why Why did uh, they keep uh, Spieth and Thomas out of the first group because of their record in international play combined was 8-2? and two? Uh, That's a good question. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I guess they, well, I guess they just didn't quite, I, I guess in the last few days of their practice, I guess Zach Johnson maybe didn't think they're quite sharp i know he went with brian Harmon and uh i think homa uh but uh, uh you know it is what it is it, it is what it is now i mean it's uh, second guessing but you let's give credit where credit is due here the european team complete domination this morning going four and oh obviously but uh they americans never led a match at any time and it's just uh, just very poor play, and it was evident, and uh, it doesn't look much better in the afternoon session. But you look at a guy with uh, Ludwig Arberg, who played at Texas Tech five months ago. He's carrying his golf bag in collegiate golf, has never played in a major, and his first major is a Ryder Cup, and this kid played spectacular today, uh, this morning. And now you look at... Uh, you know, the young players on the European team, Matthew Fitzpatrick's rattling off birdies and eagles with McElroy, and it's just complete domination at the moment. The Americans got to put up two points. They have to tie this session to what's going on right now as we speak. I think there's still really a lot of golf to be played, a lot of golf to be played. But I, realistically, I think uh, if it you know, if it can be a 6-2 going into Saturday, I think – you know, maybe they can mount. They just got to tie today's session that's going on right as we speak. All right, Johnny. Well, we'll catch up to you on Monday, and you can bring us up to date. I, right now, it doesn't look good, but, you know, there's still hope, you know, that they can battle back if they uh, split this afternoon. We'll talk to you uh, on Monday. Thanks so much. All right, guys. Have a great weekend. So last night in the NFL, the Detroit Lions went to Lambeau Field and crushed the Packers. It was Philip Philip River sitting. Philip, I can't remember a team that has gone into Green Bay and did what the Lions, especially the Lions, because they never usually beat Green Bay, and they had more points at the half than the Packers had yardage gained. It was unbelievable seeing the. I, I, we were we were coming home from uh, middle school game last night, and 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 Gunner was giving me the score, and uh, and then we got there and turned the game on. And I said, "It's in Green Bay." You know, it's yeah. kind of like, man, um, you just are, were surprised at that the Lions are good now. I mean, I, I'm not surprised the Lions won the game, but to get out to a big lead like that in Lambeau, uh, yeah, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen very often. But you know, when you when you saw your schedule, like when you were with the Chargers, you saw the schedule where we're playing Detroit. Oh, that could be a pretty good win. I don't think you can say that no. anymore. 
No, I tell you what, Coach Campbell, uh, Dan Campbell has done a heck of a job, really. And and, and I, I love the I love that the ownership there had the patience to hang in there with him, you know, yeah. to get it turned around, you know, because that his first year or second year one, and and, and Aaron Glenn, you know, the, uh, one of a uh, had an unbelievable career playing defensive back, you know, and he was a, a DB coach of the Saints, uh, you know, he's the D coordinator. They, they, either year one or year two, they were giving up. I mean, they were getting shredded. You know, they couldn't stop anybody. And normally, right, you have the knee jerk reaction. And you just can them all, and you start over again. Sure. It's like, guys, let's see if you hang in here a little bit. And they've done that now. And they and then golf has kind of rebuilt his career, kind of you know after the you know Rams let him you know the whole thing with the Rams. So I think the Lions are a team to deal with in the NFC. All right, let me ask you this just before we continue on the NFL. Just to confirm or deny, it seems like every time there's a quarterback goes down or there's an opening, your name surfaces. <laughs> Will they get in touch with him? Has that actually happened in the last two years? Yeah, no, I mean, it's happened in the last two years. It hasn't happened recently. So um, I think that's that ship has sailed. Um, which I'm perfectly fine with. I was fine with it. Or I wouldn't have retired, you know, two two and a half years ago. Um, but no, I, I think you take it though as a compliment to a degree, just because you know you see other guys that have retired that names get thrown out there, you know, just to. Uh, but no, I uh, there's a lot of other younger arms and and in shape guys that would be more equipped to go handle so, an NFL game at this point than I am. So what was your reaction? Because it was just this off spring, off season, right? Where San Francisco they made some comments and your name comes up and it spreads like wildfire. Everywhere. I mean, everybody's calling for a comment, the whole deal. Or, I guess my question is, one, and you can't answer this, but why even bring it up if you're San Francisco at this point, right? right. One. And then, two, what's your reaction when you wake up in the morning or you see the evening news? You're like, what? Now what? I know. It's cra- it is crazy. It's just a different world we're in now. We've been in it for some time, but how news and things just go and take on a whole life of their own. Um, yeah, I thought the timing was a little surprising. Uh, just to like, holy cow, we're, we're going back there. Um, but uh, the 49ers, unbelievable roster and team. They really are. I mean, and Purdy, I don't know if he's, is he ever going to lose a regular season game or what. I mean, you know, it seems like they, uh, well, they won eight now. I think he's, he's won eight, his no. first eight. eight uh, no. But uh, Shanahan, John Lynch, who was a friend of mine in San Diego, obviously a competitor, going against John a lot when he was in Denver when I was a young player. Uh, and then we ended up neighbors. Our daughters were on the same basketball team in middle school. So got to know John then, and he's done an unbelievable job there as the GM. So it, a heck of a pairing with Shanahan and Lynch together. What is, that, is, that a, is that an example, though, of guys communicating through the media? Like they're throwing out a little bait saying, hey, we're here, Phil, just – just in case, like without actually saying it. Yeah, I think there's some of that, but then I, I do think that uh, you know, thankfully after 17 years and uh, playing against so many different guys and so many former players now that work in the league, you're obviously agent has different connections that you just have relationships with the guys. So sometimes there's conversations that that uh, are real and uh but they aren't you know they, they didn't they aren't newsworthy you know what i mean so <laughs> so but and it, and it kind of takes on a, a new yeah. life of its own and then just for me i mean like the, the reason i kind of just stayed out of all that rather than trying to comment and go on shows and do all that just what other than other than trying to get attention what other purpose would it serve for me you know it's like i don't just let it let it all go away you know i kind of like i kind of like uh like the lifestyle and the whole deal we got going here in Fairhope. you got it going good all right we're at St. Michael's with Philip Rivers, the head football coach. We talked about the Lions. 
so far into the season, early in the season, what are some of the things trending that you see, good or bad? Well, I think I do. Speaking of uh, quarterback play, I, I think there's it's not hasn't been stellar to say the least. Um, there, you know, there's just been a lot of a lot of struggle struggling QBs out there. I think there's a lot of. Uh, Reasons for that, you know, in terms of, I mean, it's a, it's a lot about both your personnel and a flow with the with the play caller. And you know, there's a lot of new new play callers and younger offensive coordinators out there that it takes some time. And uh, so there, there's some struggling quarterback play out there. The injuries have stood out. It seems like yeah. there's been a ton. I, I mean, and, and I don't know the numbers if it's true. In fact, if it's in fact more than other years, but it just seems like man, there's another one gone and another one gone uh, every week. Um, and then you know, you look at uh, I, I keep I keep a close eye on teams. You know, teams I played with or coaches I played for and you see the Chargers you know Justin Herbert's off to an unbelievable start still hadn't turned the ball over yet uh, hadn't thrown an interception and uh, and then the Colts what Shane Steichen to me has done with the Colts to be two and one you know with a rookie quarterback and then he was out last week and Minshew comes in they go to Baltimore and win uh, Gus Bradley D coordinator there and you know how about the kicker first time ever guy hit four field goals over 50 yards I mean he drilled all four of them too, yeah. you know in Baltimore in the rain and then of course the Eagles Sirianni and those guys are doing a, doing a heck of a job off to another great Could start. it be that the quarterback play is spotty because they don't play in preseason games? It could It could be. There's not near as much uh, work, uh, you know, game game reps uh, as there used to be, I think, in the preseason. As I got older, I didn't play as much. But earlier in my career, I mean, you know, there's four of them, and you played one, two, and three. We didn't really play in four, but now there's three, and some of these guys don't play any. Yeah, you know, even early on in their career. I mean, I, I remember playing a whole half as a fifth-year starter. You know, like when I was in year thirteen, I wasn't playing, but uh, a little different. These guys are young, but of course, there also is a lot of joint practices now. You know, you see these teams practice uh, against another team, and I always thought that was like getting game reps, and you didn't get hit. Right. You know, so it was almost like, well, wow, that's a good trade-off as a quarterback. I get to go against another defense live, but not live. You know, still have the yellow jersey on, so. Um, I do think those are. I do think that would be. That's a good trade-off. All right, let's do this. Let's take a quick break. We'll get you scoreboard traffic and weather. We'll come back. Philip Rivers is going to stay with us here in Air Sports One. If you have any questions you want to uh, ask, throw them in the app. We'll, we'll relay them. Uh, it's our Dr. Chris from High School Game Day. Uh, we're here at St. Michael Catholic High School at Sports Radio 105.5 FM WNSP. Hi, I'm Joe Godfrey. I'm a big fan of 105.5 WNSP Sports. Chick-fil-A. I could eat there seven times a day. Where the people laugh and children play. Oh, I'm in love with Chick-fil-A. All right, here's your daily chance at some fried deliciousness right here on WNSP. Lee, what do you have for the folks? All right, there was a coach in college last Saturday who, you know what, Philip, you remember this. What did he do with the cell phone? I'll let you, uh, don't give his name. but Yeah, I don't know uh, the exact play or how it transpired, but obviously this coach was unhappy with the call, and the referees were over on the sideline, and it looked like he he grabbed a cell phone from either a GA or a team doctor or something and said, here, look at this. Look at it right here. 
And the refs were kind of like, don't, don't get out of that. Get out of my face. Yeah. I didn't yeah. get out. So they didn't review it. As it turned out, his team won. I will give you a hint. He is a coach in the Sun Belt. So if you know who that coach was that grabbed the cell phone, tried to get the official to at least look at the play, give uh, Michael a call at 694-1055. You get a Chick-fil-A. And it doesn't matter to me. I mean, if it helps. But this guy once says he coached you. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh He's been a long-time coach, family, family, co- family uh, brothers coached in the NFL and college. Dad coached. Um, he was a tight end coach at one time, and then my quarterback coach my senior year in college. He was at Bama at one point. He's been around a long time. Good, a good football coach. I also wanted to ask you one other question before we get to McGill. Deion Sanders, and if you want to comment on what's going on with him, did you ever play against him? No, didn't play at- against. Didn't okay. play against Deion, but spent some time with Deion just when he was working for NFL Network. You know, post game sets, interviews, and stuff like that. He, uh, it's it's amazing the attention that he's brought to that that university in short time, and and really, you know, they won one football game last year, so. You know, I, I had a feeling they weren't going to, you know, and I, don't, I think Dion probably knew they weren't going to win all 12 or 11 this year. Sure. But that's okay. You know, they're still much improved in the attention they're bringing to the program, and he's going to have more guys wanting to go there. I mean, they're playing in front of a packed house. They're going to win, you know, eight games this year. Uh, it's pretty, pretty, pretty remarkable turnaround. So he was asked, he said, is there a celebrity, and it could be either sports, music, entertainment, where you get the wow factor because you know especially with taylor swift now and all that's going on with her and Trace, you know and, and kelsey and all that so the question was posed to dion and his answer was yeah the one is andy reed the coach of hmm. kansas city so i'm going to ask you is there a celebrity out there which you would have a wow factor it could be in any field golly Ah oh, man, I don't know. Say so in the football world, you know, the, those guys to me are the Peyton Mannings, the Brett Favre's, the Dan Marinos, the, those guys who I'm thankful, you know, fortunately been able to meet and be around a little bit. Um, you know, I'm thinking more about what the player, the kids would think is more unbelievable. You know, we had Frank Reich on on Zoom at our when we were on our team retreat. Uh, he talked to the guys for a bit, and they were like, "Wow, we had the head coach of the Carolina Panthers talking to us," which was really cool. But I would think more of a uh, a LeBron or somebody like that would have a more of a wow factor with these young guys these days. I think. I mean, I don't even know who the guy, who, who are the, who are the, who are the guys in, or in the NFL. It would be a Tyreek Hill or, yeah. uh, you know, I guess Aaron Rodgers. Some of those guys. Yeah. If, if only you had a connection to Tua, maybe you could use. Yeah. How about that? I heard that. Rocco. Rocco. <laughs> that was good. All right. We haven't spent too much time. Let's do it now, McGill. Thoughts on tonight's game against McGill at Fairhope Municipal Stadium, 7 o'clock? Well, um, it's going to be a heck of a challenge. I mean, I think what McGill has done both as a school and as a program over the last, uh, you know, almost 100, 100 years, I don't want to short them, um, is, uh, is remarkable. So we we got a ways to go, obviously. but uh, So it's a heck of a challenge. But it's one of those that we look forward to. I think our, our players look forward to. You know, last year when we played them, we had so many guys, a lot of our seniors that had either siblings that went to McGill, parents that went to McGill, right. grandparents that went to McGill. So it's I think it's great for the Catholic community. I think it's great for both schools. You talk about Mobile Ball and County. There's just so many people connected to the two schools. Um, and I, I think I, I'm excited that we, we started playing one another. And, you know, it's something that should just be – it's just where you know. I mean, 20 years from now, it's like, well, when, what, what's the date of the McGill-St. Right. Michael game? So um, we'll, 
we got our work cut out for us. They're a good team. Coach Faulkner's done a heck of a job. They started off a little slow, and then they've scored 100 points in two weeks and, and not given up any. But, uh, you know, our, our guys are going to come in. And I told them to play free with a lot of confidence and go have fun. You know, this this game, while, while which I like about it, it being you know a budding robbery as i heard you say is this game our season doesn't hinge on this game you know so that to me right. makes it even better it's not like hey well it's gonna cost one of these teams the rest of their season right it's like no it doesn't we have four reason games left after this so let's go cut it loose kind of mid-year uh, not you know getting to change it up with a non-region game and and uh, should be a great crowd and a perfect night that'd be great for you to open up with mcgill at the home state your first game would be great here next year it wouldn't? would be i'd have to we'd have to do simon have his work cut out for yeah. him to get him to come over here we'll twice back really <laughs> is. See how good. Hey, I do want to thank Green and Phillips Injury Law Firm, the Orthopedic Group, also Ward International Trucks, LNS Air Conditioning, Rich's Car Wash, and Greer's Markets, among our many sponsors. Did we get a winner? Yeah, on the... Miguel, congratulations. Got the answer to your trivia question. What was the answer? Yeah, Kurt Signetti. Yeah. Kurt Signetti. And then the referees didn't want any part, man. That... Coaches, oh, that's so fun. He coaches James Madison. We'll be talking about that in the next segment when we go through some games the Jags are playing at James Madison. His dad's in the Hall of College Football Hall of Fame, too. Yeah, brother Frank, I think. Yeah. And there's some questions in the app for you, Coach. They're wild, as you would expect. <laughs> Only from WNSP listeners. Stay with us. Plenty left. seven to six and shot ourselves in the foot numerous times and second half we played a lot better and you know won like 18 to three so uh, I think you know you ask players okay when it worked why did it work and when 832 that's the voice of Alabama coach Nick Saban uh, welcome back into the Dr. Christopher Monix High school game day, we're out at St. Michael Catholic School. Want to thank a number of folks that make this trip every week possible. Uh, of course, Coastal Alabama Community College, we appreciate them coming aboard. Mobile County Sheriff's Department, David Morse and QB Country. Uh, obviously, he has a vested interest in high school sports. We appreciate him coming aboard as well. And Allstate agent Kenneth Morgan, it's always great when uh, Ken comes out to join us here in Air Sports One. And a special thanks to St. Michael Catholic High School, a reminder to support the folks that support your kids on Friday nights. Good point, Mark. And we're, I, this has been a lot of fun to sit in with Philip Rivers for a full hour, actually even longer than that. Philip, well, let's go over some games. We do this always at 8.30 Friday, leading into the uh, big weekend of college football. Normally we don't put NC State in there, but because you're here, we're going to start out. They play tonight against Louisville. Louisville uh, NC State is a three-and-a-half-point underdog. How do you feel about tonight's game? Louisville's off to a uh, heck of a start. Um, NC State has struggled a little bit to score points. I feel like the defense is playing pretty well. They've struggled a little bit to get going offensively. But, you know, I can't go against the pack, Lee. I think Wolfpack finds a way to get it done in Louisville tonight. Not so fast, my friend. I don't know what to say to that. Uh, <laughs> I'm yeah, not going to disagree I, look, with you. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to disagree. I think uh, I don't know if Louisville's really been tested to this point. I don't know if that schedule's really good. But like you, to your point, I don't know if NC State can score enough points. I think it's a close game. I'll give you that, Coach. But I think Louisville's going to win this one. Uh, I'm going to be on your side, Philip. I have nothing to lose. By the way, this never gets out. <laughs> this never gets out. We don't come What's back your and record? talk about it. What's y'all's record? We don't have a record. We don't keep records. Uh, we we do have one record. We have a pretty good record at places we go. They wind up winning 
having that. Let's night. go. Right, so let's keep that roll. Six, That's right. We're seven and one. Seven and one on there the year. Go. Seven and one. Yeah, right. that is our record. So don't screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you've never had a coach yeah. tell you that, right? Don't yeah. screw it up. Yeah. All right. Arkansas, Texas A&M. They're playing in Arlington. Arkansas is a six-point favorite to beat, which has been a very competitive series over the years. You know, I, I, I've sensed a little bit of a letdown from Arkansas after, you know, they, they feel, I feel like it was an emotional game and everything they had last week and come up short. You know, uh, A&M hasn't been great. I feel like they got a little spark uh, last week, you know, from Brad Johnson's son came in and then threw a long touchdown and kind of got him going. So I'll be interested to see what they do quarterback-wise. I, I don't know if the other guy's healthy and back or not. Now he's um, going to be out for the year. Can you speak to that, coming off the bench like that? And Well, I, you know, I did it one time. <laughs> in my life uh, against Denver in 2005. Drew got hurt last game of the year and and his shoulder dislocated his shoulder which we've been well documented right and you can't bounce back to have one of the best NFL careers as a quarterback ever but and I went in in the you know second quarter and third you know second half it's not easy it's not an easy job you know I, I've always thought I, it, 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 sitting on the bench my first two years in the NFL as a backup and then having to get you know, thrown in the game like that my respect for backups and the role they play increased dramatically just because um, they got to prepare every week in case that situation comes up because the team's counting on you to still win the game. And then, and then if it doesn't come up, it's kind of, you know, mentally it can be a little bit frustrating every week, right? You got to prepare and get ready and not play. You're preparing and ready and not play. So I've always appreciated the guys I was around when I was a starter, but from Kellen Clemens to Charlie Whitehurst, Billy Volick, um, Tyrod Taylor, Geno Smith, those guys, um, were awesome, both supporting me, competing against me, and then being ready. Geno Smith, the same guy with yeah. Seattle now. Yeah, unbelievable. Geno had been through the ringer, you know. Uh, tried to, tried to, they tried to run him out of the league almost, you know, just some of the bumps in the road he had, and, and now to be playing uh, the way he's playing in Seattle is pretty incredible. Yeah, I like A and M in this one as well. I like, I think Max Johnson gives him a spark. I, I think Texas, where Texas A&M will wind up wearing this is in the trenches on both sides of the ball, offensive line, defensive line. I think K.J. Jefferson's probably due for a big game. I think they overcome that. I like Texas A&M straight up. I'm going to take Arkansas only because the fact that this is such a competitive series. Six points for Arkansas, so I think it'll be maybe less than six if they lose, but I'll take Arkansas. All right, uh, Philip, uh, Florida goes to Kentucky. Both teams, well, Florida's 3-1 and one now after the disaster against Utah. Kentucky's 4-0, and oh, and Kentucky's actually a, a one-and-a-half point uh, favorite in this game, so kind of unusual. It's kind of like a pick em. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's so funny because I would, you would think of maybe it'd be a little more hype around the game. I don't know. I mean, it's funny because when you first say that, I go, I think to myself, I don't give a rip about that game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but so we'll see. I go Florida. I go Florida. I haven't seen how the – quarterbacks playing from Kentucky. It's the quarterback from NC State, right, Larry? Yeah, it's the one who uh, transferred. I haven't he? seen. I have not seen Kentucky this year, so I, I know Stoops has gotten them kind of turned around. You know, obviously, it's historically, basketball, 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 Kentucky, but uh, seems to be they've been in the mix as of late. But I'll go uh, I'll go with the Gators. Yeah, I think this is personal for Florida. They've lost the last two in this series. It, that does not happen very often in, in football uh, when it comes to Florida. So I think uh, Kentucky's ground game has been uh, pretty strong. I do think Gators bow up, though, and, and, and win this one. I, I like I like Florida in this I'm one. taking Kentucky. I, I do. I think they're going to stay undefeated. Georgia at Auburn. We talked about this, Philip. Auburn in the last five 
Power Five games has yet to go over 100 yards in passing. Think about that. They're at home. They're a f only, to me, it's, it's amazing. They're only a 14-point underdog hosting top-rated Georgia. Yeah, I think uh, the offensive performance, you know, last week from Auburn doesn't give you a ton of hope against the Georgia Bulldogs. So uh, I think Georgia goes to Auburn, and uh, I think it's I think it's 20 or more. Yeah, I think uh, Auburn needs some uh, maybe a gunner at quarterback, maybe <laughs> if they can get over that century mark. I do. Uh, I do th look, and to be fair, Georgia hasn't played great either. I think this is kind of a. Um, slow, grinded out, slow and steady. It's competitive for a while. It'll be interesting to see if Hugh Freeze implements a little more RPO like he said he's going to. At the end of the day, it's not going to matter. I just think there's too many weapons at Georgia. I, I'm with you. I think it's like I think it's a three-touchdown game. I don't care who's calling signals for Auburn. Georgia is going to win this game and by more than 14. All right, let's move on. This one, again, I had to do a double take. Missouri is 4-0. I kind of lost you know the the, the thrust of that four and zero for Missouri, playing at Vanderbilt. Missouri is a thirteen and a half point favorite. Think about this, Philip. And I don't know the longest you ever went without throwing an interception, but Brady Cook flies way under the radar. He's right now got the most passes in the SEC without throwing an interception. Dang, that's awesome. I, I, the head coach there at Missouri, uh, Eli Drinkwitz, right, he was at uh, NC State as the OC there a few years ago. He was at App State. Uh, or then went to App State, then went to Missouri. I'm trying to think his path, or App State, NC State, Missouri. Anyway, he was part of that Missouri, uh, App State team that beat Michigan, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. beat North Carolina. I mean, he was he was on those teams. And then he was the coordinator at NC State. I got to know him a little bit. I thought, of, I thought he was a heck of a football coach, and he's done a heck of a job at Missouri. You talk about, you know, going to Missouri and then in the SEC, he kind of feel like they're way out there, don't they? I mean, I know we're yeah. getting some, you know, the SEC's ever-changing, but, uh, and he's done a heck of a job with them, with with Missouri, and so uh, yeah, they'll get it done. They'll get it done at Vanderbilt. I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, there's not many times I've picked Vandy to win. Yeah, Missouri's not, it hasn't been sexy for Missouri, man. It's been, it's been tough, man. Uh, Middle Tennessee was a struggle. Kansas State came down on a long field goal. Uh, Memphis was a one-score game. Uh, last time, here's one for you. Last time Missouri started the season 5-0 was 2013. Mark it down, 2023. They're going 5-0. and Missouri last year, playing at home, only won this game 17-14. to They're on the road. I'm going to take Vanderbilt <laughs> in the points just All for right. the heck of it. Just, just I don't fun. think they're going to beat Missouri, but I'm going to take the points. LSU goes to Ole Miss. That's a 5 o'clock game on ESPN. LSU is a two-and-a-half-point favorite, Philip. All right, I got something for you here, Lee. All okay. right, give me a good one. So Lane Kiffin is 1-19 <laughs> as a college head coach against Power 5 opponents who go on to win at least nine games. Wow. So you have it, to think, you have is. to think, right, that LSU's going to win nine games. I and mean, they're right. only they're only going to be a dog against Alabama, it looks like, the rest of the way. Potentially, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, I'm, I, think, uh, I think LSU goes to uh, – Goes and gets it done. Yeah. And then I think there's a letdown, too. We talked about this all week. There's something about Kiffin. I've said it all week. All Saban assistants want to beat Saban, but it's different. It hits different with with Kiffin. I mean, he looked like somebody just ran over his dog after that game. Uh, and they, they converted a very high clip on third downs against Alabama. I don't think they do that. That's They have not been consistent in that regard. So I think LSU wins this one uh, and covers that number. I'm going with LSU also in covering. Can you come up with other stats like that? I love that one. That's <laughs> that was, a good one. I can use that yeah. this afternoon on my show from noon to one. I would have to put, I would have to put, I would have to cite that, cite my reference there as, okay. as, as, uh, brother and LSU alum, Stephen Rivers. Oh, wow. South Carolina at Tennessee. I'm a little surprised at this, that Tennessee is a 12-and-a-half-point pick to win this game. Now they're playing at home. South Carolina 2-and-2, two two, Tennessee 3-and-1. 
Man, it just seems like South Carolina's had a, had a gauntlet early. Uh, I don't know why it feels that way. I had Carolina, right, and then at Georgia. Um, and now they're at Tennessee. And Tennessee kind of off to a slower – it seems like a slower start. I don't know. I say that just because of who was it that went to Florida and got worn out, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Tennessee at home. Uh, I think Tennessee gets that one done. What did you say? So they're 12, 12 point, and a half. Yeah, 12 and a half. yeah, I think they cover. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the difference will be Tennessee's pass rush. They're, they're going to get to Spencer Radler. South Carolina won't get to Joe Milton. Uh, and this this was a game that got away from Tennessee last year. I like Tennessee to win and cover that number. Radler's been doing well for South Carolina lately, but I'm going to go with Tennessee also. Alabama at Mississippi State. You can hear that game on WZEW 92.1 tomorrow beginning with the pregame at 5 o'clock for an 8 o'clock start. Alabama's a 14-point pick, Philip. Yeah, um, uh, uh, my dad graduated from Mississippi State. He, he went to Mississippi State. Um, I remember going to a ball game there when Jay Barker was the quarterback <laughs> at Bama. And we sat on uh, Eric Molds, I think, yeah. was in Mississippi State. We were on the front row of the upper deck in Starkville. I remember going to a game there. I don't know what how old I was. But um, I don't think – still got the ring in the ears. Yeah, yeah, gosh, those cowbells. Mississippi State uh, did not look good to me against uh, – was it LSU a few weeks ago? Uh, it was it was rough. They couldn't get. I mean, it's just rough. And Bama, I think it's like now got this whole us against the world. You know, nobody counts. They played three quarterbacks, and you know they can't. You know, they won't be able to get it done. And now I think Bama gets on a roll here. I think they wear Mississippi State out. All right. Well, here's your stats, sir. So uh, Mississippi State defense: Arizona's Jaden Delora, LSU's Jaden Daniels, and South Carolina's Spencer Rattler have combined to hit 79% of their passes, all for over 330 yards, and for a combined seven touchdowns over the last three weeks alone. That's against the Mississippi State secondary. This is exactly what the type of secondary Jalen Milrow needs to see. Uh, we're going to see a little bit more, I think, of the Alabama offense catered to his skill set as opposed to the other way around. I think they wind up covering that number. I do, too. Let me ask you from a quarterback standpoint, Will citing, Rogers citing, uh, on his... Rivers, of course. <laughs> Will Rogers may wind up all-time SEC passing leader. He's close. He's third now. Uh, I think Locke is second and uh, Aaron Murray's first. So, he, the system has changed with the passing away of Mike Leach. He went from that run and shoot or whatever they did, and now they've made him more into an NFL system. How difficult is that for a quarterback to adjust? Yeah, I imagine quite difficult. I, I don't. I was never in that kind of that run and gun deal that uh, uh, Coach Mike Leach and those guys implemented. I, I, I had a few college quarterbacks that joined us in San Diego from that, and they struggled. They struggled early with, you know, understanding all the nuances of, of running more of a pro-style spread system and not having this whole, yeah, well, he's just, I mean, some of these things they would do, you know, he's running, they're all just, they just run a go and they read the defense and they can turn into this and this and this and they just play as fast as they can and what's the protection and who's hot? And they're just like, oh, we don't worry about that. Yeah. It's like, man, that's a different game. So to go from that <laughs> to what he's having to do, no question. And then, and then let's, again, I, some, some parts of quarterback play is the man, I, and, and I think it's Mississippi State, Again, I, I, but he, he, you know, he's not at Georgia. Will Rogers at Georgia might be different. That's yeah, right. you know what I mean. I mean sure. So some of these guys, it's a little bit of you got to look at it in totality of what they're All working right. with. Two more games: Notre Dame at Duke. We bring this up. Riley Leonard and Duke hosting Notre Dame. Game days there, biggest game ever on campus. Notre Dame is a five and a half point pick to win. Yeah, how about uh, that's an awesome story, Riley Leonard. Uh, you know, being from being local from here, and yeah. everybody I've talked to has nothing but unbelievable things to say about him. Uh, you know, uh, Coach Carter at Fairhope said he was he's the best best 
guy he's coached in 30-something years. He says just uh, his hands down. Not 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 wasn't talking about him as the player, just the person. So um, that's awesome. Uh, you know, watching them beat Clemson in, in the opener was awesome. Notre Dame, uh, you know, uh, you know plays with 10 there at the, at the last play of the game. Twice, Ohio actually. State, yeah. twice. It worked so well the first time they decided to try uh, So again. talk about a letdown. You know, I, you, you could think of that. You know, you could wonder. And the Duke Stadium, I can't even imagine what it's like there at Wallace Wade Stadium. But yeah. how different it is than it was yeah. when I went there in 2002. Yeah. And you could just go walk up and pay cash at the gate, Lee. <laughs> it was <laughs> that, that kind of place. It was, it was just place. empty. It was they empty. may pay you to come yeah, in. They were the waiting game. for basketball season. And so now I'm taking Duke. Let's go, Duke. Wow. I love the enthusiasm. <laughs> it's contagious. I got to go the other way, though. Yeah, I do wonder about a letdown because of the way that – but I do think they're going to be a little pissed off, quite frankly, that they lost that game, a game they really should have won. So I think Notre Dame goes in there and takes care of business, and I hate it because you're absolutely dead on about Riley Leonard. Exactly. I'm going to take Notre Dame, but I am rooting so hard for Duke, and I hope they win. All right, the other game, the Jags. They're on the road against Kurt Signetti's team. James Madison. James Madison, one of the toughest defenses to run against, Philip. I think they're only allowing 42 yards a game. They're undefeated. His record at James Madison is spectacular. Jags are a three-point underdog. What do you think? Well, uh, again, that's Kurt Signetti, you know, and uh, a guy who I was f- familiar with, had a great four-year run at NC State with. Uh, and then the quarterback with the Jags, Carter Bradley, you know, son of Gus Bradley, who I've gotten to know uh, uh, fairly well in the last few years and pull, certainly pull for Carter and pull for the Jags, uh, uh, Kane and those guys do a heck of a job at South. I know they had a tough one to get away from the last week, but uh, hopefully they're, they're there to bounce back. Most of uh, a handful of guys on our staff are South Alabama uh, alums, so uh, I'm going to go with the Jags against my old coach. Wow, the allegiance is over here. I like it. It's like a, it's like a reality show where he's like, like he Survivor. Said, he doesn't know which allegiance to go well, with. He's got 17 <laughs> years in the NFL. Foreign. He knows everybody. Uh, man, I, I can't make heads or tails out of the South Alabama team. You go to uh, you go over to Ohio, um, Oklahoma State and get the win, and then you, you lose you lose your homecoming game to Central Michigan. You just can't lose. You can't lose your homecoming game. It's it's like a cardinal sin, right? No, no pun intended. But um, I think they react well. I do think they're they're. Their inability to run against James Madison is going to wind up hurting them, though. So I, I think i got to go James Madison here, unfortunately. And me too. Uh, prove me wrong, Jags, but I'm going with the home team. All right, that's our run of games. Uh, when we come back, we have questions for them? We might have a question or two. I uh, want to remind you guys, speaking of Alabama and Mississippi State, I uh, want you to come out and check out the WNSP Alabama Watch Party this Saturday. We'll be at the Stables Bar downtown off St. Francis Street. So come on by and see us. As soon as you walk in, boom, you're going to get hit with a WNSP T-shirt. So you're already winning. But we'll also be giving away an Alabama jersey courtesy of the vault at halftime. There will be a bunch of drink specials. You can't miss it. Air Sports 1 will be right there. So come on out and celebrate Alabama WNSP's Alabama watch party right there at the Stables Bar downtown off St. Francis Street. One final segment. It's the Dr. Chris Romanex High School Game Day right here from St. Michael Catholic School. War Eagle, this is Butch Thompson, head baseball coach at Auburn University. We're listening to WNSP. One final 
segment of the week. A reminder, this Monday morning quarterback will take place at WNSP Studios. That's where we'll be. And I'm going to eat my lunch with Roger Schultz and Dean Waite at Dean Waite Associates. I'll be on from 12 to 1 with our football uh, preview. I think uh, Wiggins is coming out there too, right? Today, maybe? He's not listening. He's not he's listening. He's in a daze. Anyway, day, yeah. okay. He can't hear you. Or he's not listening. Either or. All right. Uh, again, want to thank the fine folks over here at St. Michael Catholic uh, High School for having us out. A reminder, tonight's game out at Fairhope, uh, Fairhope Municipal uh, starts at 7. You can get uh, tickets at GoFan or apparently... Cash. cash. How about that? I, I Straight cash. cash. Straight cash, homie. I hadn't seen cash in like eight years. All right, Coach, we got a couple of uh, um, questions out there. By the way, getting a lot of kudos for your stat that you pulled, so kudos to you for on that. Um, somebody wanted to know, how good do you think Sarah Land is, and what are your thoughts in general of high school football regions here on the coast? Um, yeah, I think Sarah really good. We won't know part of that. I can tell you that yeah. <laughs> anytime real soon. Um, I've been, I, 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 I uh, it's all, it's really, really good down here. I, you know, region one really all the way up every classification. It's just, it's, it's super competitive and there's good. You, you see someone on the field that's going to play on Saturdays almost everywhere you go. Yeah. And on a, on a Thursday, Friday night and uh, super competitive. You know, I heard Rocco say it, which I would tend to agree is the speed, speed. I just, gosh, just, the speed of the game is a lot faster um, uh, than in certain pl- than certain other places. And particularly, you know, there's a lot of good football in North Alabama as well, and I was biased to North Alabama yeah. forever. You know, you heard Coach Nolan on here, went to Alberville. You know, I went to Athens, and, you know, Dad coached at Decatur. But it, it's just different down here, and it really is. Now, there's some teams, you know, sprinkle in some teams that can hang with anybody. But in general, South Alabama is, is tougher. Philip, let me ask you this quickly on that question. You mentioned you see guys that can play Saturday. Can you in your coaching position now tell whether a kid will play on Sundays at this stage? Uh, I, 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 no. No, I can't. I mean, I, I think because I, I don't know. I just don't know. Uh, it's just too far out to see. I mean, you see, we talk about it. The body's changing from 8th grade to 11th grade. Some of these guys develop. They change in college. You know, I, I remember I was a I was a 6'4", 199-pounder when I Went to NC State, you know. And so what do you now? Six four two zero one. Yeah, I wish I. I don't wish I was two hundred, but I wish I was about two twenty instead of two fifty. But uh, oh, yeah. maybe they'll call you to be a linebacker now. Yeah, yeah, you have to be able to run fastly. Yeah. You have to be able to run fast to play linebacker. Uh, next one for Philip. Where is the best place or brand for me to pick up a pair of rattlesnake boots? <laughs> I can't send you in, a, in the right direction there. I I don't remember where I got that pair. I'm assuming the question or the caller is asking about. Uh, I wore those rattlesnake boots on a, on the set in the NFL Network 2013 at Denver. We had a big win on Thursday night, and uh, it was Dion actually yeah. was making me pull up. He said to show us those boots. I took off my right boot and set it on the set, and I had my socks on inside out. I mean, I was a, I was a mess. <laughs> I was a mess. All right, and then the last one's a personal question. How do you keep up with so many kids? You are the, and I quote, the epitome of a Catholic family. First of all, can you name everybody? And you, you remember in Goodwill Hunting, you remember he, she asked him to name all twelve brothers and sisters or whatever, all twelve brothers he had, and he just rattled them off, but he made them all up. Oh, right. Yeah, right. So I don't couldn't. have to make them up. Yeah, of course. Well, here's what's crazy is when you think of ten children, it, it, you think of them all as three-year-olds. Right. That's kind of daunting. Sure. 
But, well, I mean, the oldest is 21. I right. Mean, you know, so, I mean, I got 21 and 19 and 17. And you saw Gunner 15 and, you know, for, for about to be 14-year-old girl. You know, so, I mean, a lot of them are over 10. Right. So it makes for the They maintain the themselves. It's more year. so It's more so the calendar right. is what's crazy. Yeah. Who's got practice where? Who's got a game? Who's got this? Who's got da, da, da. It's like that meme. We're either going to eat dinner at 4.30 or 9.30. No doubt. There's, just, there's no, no time doubt. in between. No We've doubt. got two SEC games tomorrow on WNSP. We've got Florida, Kentucky. We got LSU Ole Miss. I wanted to ask you, when you sit and watch games, and I know you do, you're kind of like a junkie, and I'm sure you watch them from Gunner. Is there any commentator that actually makes a lot of sense that you really listen to and they, they that you feel projects the game the best way? And whether college or pro, any any of those commentators? Golly. Um you know, I mean, Herb Street's done it forever. I've always thought he's done a good job. You know, I, I think now he's probably having the challenge of going. He kind of the crossover now. You know, he goes yeah. to Thursday night NFL games, then he's he's got the game day, then he flies to wherever the game they're they're doing. But I always thought that Herb Street was good. Um, you know, uh, to me, Nance, Nance and Phil Sims were always my favorite over you know my playing career, and then Nance and Romo are, are, are good. Um, you know, I thought Mike Tirico and Al Michaels are awesome. I mean, I, you know, you have different guys that you just get used to and you've met and you appreciate and you enjoy talking to, you know, in the production meetings. That was – always look forward to Jim Nance's, though, because I always love listening to him. The Masters, the yeah. March Madness, and Super Bowls. I mean, that man, he's a legend. Uh we got about 30 seconds here, and I missed one. Uh, what was uh, your college team and your NFL team growing up as a kid? Yeah, I uh, I was actually a Notre Dame fan, being a being a being a young Catholic boy. Uh, I pulled for Notre Dame. Rudy just could come out, um, and but I was probably a little more Auburn than Alabama. But uh, I was a Notre Dame fan. Pro team, you know, you didn't watch much pro football. The Oilers were not in Tennessee. I mean, right. I was a quarterback fan. Probably the Steelers if I had to pick a team. But I was more of a quarterback fan. Hey, man, thank you so much for having us out. We really do appreciate it.